0: Morning, folks. Scott with leading edge archery. We got Jason Bridger and Video Dude. dude. Cummings. We'll just call him the Dude. The Dude. Yeah, this is going to be interesting. We got some fans on because it's like really hot. Yeah, it's gotten hot in Texas, and I can hear them, and it's making me crazy already. I'm hoping Video Dude can get that rid of this sound. I'll try my best. No, we got to have that happen. Man, it's been a tough two weeks. Um, we haven't recorded two weeks. I feel like I've been on the road for two straight weeks, everyone in this room, pr- practically. At least me and Jason. Louisiana Pro-Am for ASA.
1: What are you looking Straight at? into tech. Tack- oh, I was going to try and turn that off and then turn it back on. Let's yeah, try and see what happens. I mean, either, either we turn least, the fan uh, back on
0: no, it's, or it's we'll start taking hit start clothes hit, off. Hit the, hit the power button see what happens. Well, That's I mean, probably the loud one. This, the bottom, that one. Yep, that's it. Look at that. It's quiet.
1: Boom. Wow. So, yeah, we went straight from Louisiana into the TAC.
0: Yeah, the Total Archery Challenge event here in San Antonio. But,
1: yeah, it was like a TAC whirlwind um, going mm-hmm. into the, the Black Rifle Adaptive Athlete shoot, then TAC. That the,
0: coffee makers, machine makers is all, all kinds of problems.
2: No, Speaking of Black of Rifle
1: coffee. <laughs> what? I said we went into that black rifle coffee shop oh, and the, yeah, and the, the coffee event. machine
0: started billowing. <laughs> yeah. That was a, uh, that was a great event though. It was fun. So maybe we'll fun. take a couple minutes and recap those. Yeah. I mean, we've got a, we've
1: got a lot to recap. We'll go back into, uh, into Minden. Minden was interesting.
0: And yeah, new tournament venue,
1: new um, location,
0: new location. And you could feel it. You could see it. Yeah. So it's kind of funny. We get there and the, and the lanes were we were driving in, and the practice range was right there, and you're seeing these guys look like they were crawling out, yeah. of a tunnel. It was unbelievable, how and tight so they it was. cut
1: the lanes one yard, it was one yard wide and then I heard started, twelve yeah, I
0: heard twelve inches yeah, them.
1: like they just went in with like a mower, <laughs> yep, and then they were they were cutting them the whole time we were there yeah and fixing them
0: so a s a staff was cutting lanes or fixing and manicuring those lanes for the next. I think three days mm-hmm. while we were there. Yep. Um, a lot of stick-ups, you know, if you were, you know, walking up and down was treacherous. Mosquitoes were Mosquitoes were horrible. Ticks. Oh my God. Ticks. Snakes. One of our guys picked six ticks off of them right down there in the nether regions, which was Sna- kind of funny.
2: Yeah. I just saw Anderson's. Instagram story yeah. tick season between his legs <laughs> in the mirror.
0: Yeah, it was pretty funny. There no, was snakes it. There was out there. Was snakes, there was copper. We seen three copperheads. Yeah. Um, what else? But Maybe I mean, it was crazy, but it's a good event. I love was. the venue. I think the venue eventually is going to be awesome.
1: Yeah, I was uh, I was out there packing up my chair on the last day, putting it on the trailer, and the uh, so it was on a military base, on a National Guard base, and I guess the uh, the post. Sergeant Major came by and was talking to me. I gave him some feedback, you know, from my point of view and from everything else. And they're building, they're going to put some hard stand buildings there. Yeah. Uh, I heard. Put some hard stand bathrooms and decorate it up a little bit. And
0: yeah. Well, the parking was amazing. Everything was, parking one, was good. Yeah. one big square. It was humongous, the parking area. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I think the walks were pretty long. That's probably, it'll, this is would be like, kind of like Paris, but I think even farther, the walks to the ranges were. Yeah, it was comparable to the Foley. Yeah, I think they were worse than Foley. Yeah. By far. But it um, was a track.
1: The course course itself was, it wasn't bad.
0: No, courses were good.
1: Day Uh, one course was pretty good. Day two, we were on that backside. I, uh... I was just bitching about that on my Instagram about the terrain because yeah, there was there was three shots that we came around where you were holding onto my chair. Oh,
0: I know, keep you from rolling down the hill, dude. It was crazy. There was some yeah. angle. I couldn't believe we were shooting that far downhill. It was. It was. <clears throat> it was pretty significant. Yeah. It was. It was a. It was a good shoot though. I mean, I, tournament went fine. You know, we had some hiccups in the uh, in the shoot town? Oh my god! <laughs> we even want to talk oh, about that.
2: The arrow call. Oh, dude, dude. Uh, dude.
0: I mean, I'm so look on Mike Terrell's face. We just can't get out of. I'm anyway.
1: just gonna call him Mike Unimpressed Terrell.
0: Yeah, well, I don't blame him. Yeah, I mean, no offense, but the line judge guys. Yeah, I mean, they. Uh, I mean, that was sixth grade math. That I mean, was that was a horrible. It call. was unbelievable. If you guys haven't seen it, you can go online and check it out. It's a uh, YouTube has a shoot down for the known pros, and we were all kind of shocked because. You know, our sport's doing everything it can to become more mainstream. Um, we have an opportunity now because Competition Archery Media, Cam, has done a deal with Sportsman's Channel to put all these shootoffs live on network television. And boy, did we absolutely screw the known pro up. I mean, I don't know how many people were watching that, but... It reminded me of when, uh, when the NFL refs
1: were on strike. Yeah, and they, and had they had the backups. They had those high school refs out there.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, just, yeah, they just, do you we know, need but do we I, need I, I will tell you replay? this. So, I will tell you this. So, so, what happened, just to recap real quick. So, you got Kyle Douglas and uh, Remington, Remington Boyer. Boyer mm-hmm. They make the f- shoot down. I think it's for the first time. I don't remember ever since ASA has been open that, that we had a one-arrow shoot off closest to the middle in the 12, <laughs> 12 bonus ring.
2: It doesn't happen very often. I've seen yeah. it in the women's pro. Kaylee and Sharon, I think, shot Did off it? a few years ago. Uh, I mean, it's not very often. That
0: yeah, I've never the seen the guys. Arrow. Yeah. So they had a one-arrow shoot-off closest to the middle on a 30-yard deer target, mm-hmm. lower they, 12.
2: They tied on score and bonus. And
0: ring. bonus ring. So yeah. they, t- they were tied across the board. Yeah, because
2: even, even after the sixth arrow, you know, if you're within, or you shoot your first regulation five in the shoot-down, and then you're within 10, Within ten of the leader, you shoot a sixth. Right. But after that they they will break first place tie with bonus rings.
0: Right, exactly. Which normally I mean, it gets I don't it. really
2: like that much, but it yeah. avoids us going into into that the, the situation that we just had yeah. where we're trying to measure off an unmarked target.
0: Right. But, so and I, and I guess I'll give them some slack in the fact that they've never done it before that I know of in the at least in the men's. Um so they kind of were stuck, caught with their pants down a little bit. Um so what happens is Kyle Douglas puts an, an arrow inside out. Mm-hmm. It's up to the eleven o'clock side of the bonus ring. Mm-hmm. But the arrow's clearly inside. They're both shooting twenty three, so there's not an arrow deviation difference between a you know, twenty seven, twenty three or nineteen. And then they uh and then Boyer gets up there and puts one quarter shaft outside the line. Now the funny the funny thing is is that on Douglas's arrow they they tried to find center of the bonus ring, which is very difficult. And I think what I was shocked by, they pulled out a tape measure, a little Stanley 12 footer it looked like. <laughs> and I was like, oh, wow. I thought that was just the beginning of the end. When I seen them do that, and I watched them trying to struggle to find center on that bonus ring, I was like, this isn't going to end well. And then my, everything that I could imagine bad happening happened. So because, it, because it's the end of the day, it's kind of a much easier way to measure. You just measure from the outside of the ring in. It's kind of simple.
1: I mean, you can get a you can <laughs> I mean, get a ten dollar pair of calipers on calipers Amazon. Calipers
0: on Amazon. Yeah. I mean, but even then, you're still gonna you got to find center. So well, the yeah, way you they could they did you, have it
2: mark <clears throat> They had a little white dot. Oh really? Mm-hmm. They had a little white dot in the center of the
0: 12. A Boyer arrow got rid of that dot, if I remember right. I don't think that dot was there anymore.
2: I don't remember. Well, well, I don't know how Boyers would have got rid of it because he was farther from the middle. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, I don't
0: remember it being there. So anyways, Boyer shoots, like I said, quarter shaft out. It is pretty obvious to everyone watching, including the commentators. Uh, who was commentating, Bridge?
2: Uh, it was PJ, who normally does it, and then Nathan. Cause and Nathan Brooks. Yeah, cause, yeah. Nathan yeah. Brooks.
0: Because, uh, yeah, Darren wasn't there. So they're trying to cover fire for these guys and explain. And they're also trying to sit there and go, how in the world did we get here? <laughs> and I was losing my mind. I was watching it live on the uh, on an iPad while we were driving. And I, you know, because we were just muffing this up and muffing it up. Douglas is throwing his hands up in there. Like, you gotta be kidding me, guys. This is, you know, everyone in the stands and everybody, when mm-hmm. they're panning across people, they're like, are you serious right now? They pull out the tape measure and I could not believe they called it a tie. The judges did. Well, then they pan over to Terrell. He's sitting in the chair, and to me, looked like he was ready to absolutely lose his mind because I think he knew, like everyone else knew. And he's trying, I mean, try- probably trying not to fire his dudes right then and there. Do um, I mean, it was unbelievable. I mean, it just made us look like the backwoods beer-drinking rednecks sitting in the tree stand with their butt cracks hanging out like what everybody thinks we are.
1: <laughs> I mean...
0: I mean, wow.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't go that far. I, I think the NFL has screwed up way, way more on way more money. Yeah,
0: but you know what? You, you can say that, but you're talking about guys making instantaneous calls on on a sport that has so much speed in it now. I mean, these guys are running. Yeah, but two, if they but-
2: can miss the the. Pass interference call on the Saints <laughs> then Yeah, that's true. Saints or that Saints Vikings game. No, oh, that was horrible. Then we can God, that was horrible. we can let this one breeze past.
0: That's really true, easy. that's true. But it was our one time. I don't know. I, I was like just beside myself. Just because because I want to see the sport go mainstream and it helps everybody. Um but yeah, if you get a chance, go back on YouTube and watch the known pro shoot down, you'll get there. And then the other big controversy was on uh on Perkinson's fourteen. I mean they call it. you know without being there you just you don't know you know seeing it i don't know bridge what do you think on camera versus being i mean i've done enough
2: camera work stuff where you know like and i say camera work like hunting shows and stuff where it'll look like it's still daylight out yeah. but there's like next to no light and guys bitch and moan about it watching like the pga because you can adjust the white balance of videos and everything to make make it so the picture is more clear right and I think like Kevin Kisner posted something about it showing a highlight of him pitching in off of a long, long pitching just off the green at a right, tournament. Right. And he's like, I don't know why everybody's saying that it was easy for me to see the hole and everything. The hole's 30 yards away and it's literally pitch out. Like I can't <laughs> see shit. <laughs> right. So I don't know why we're like the cameras and stuff. Like it's, it's not what it looks like in real life. Yeah. So.
0: so it might have been there. I know on the camera like, angle, it, it looked like it was out clearly it's
2: tough and and i think the one thing that asa does really well as far as from a proctor call and from the shoot off arrow calls and stuff is they do a good job of giving the benefit of the doubt to the archer which i think a lot of guys walk around the course trying to call arrows out yeah oh yeah without a doubt yeah
0: without a doubt
2: and you know they if they got one where it's a fifty-fifty, or like, oh well, it could like it looks out from this way, but it's in this way, or you know, however you want to look yeah. at it, to where it's close call, they'll usually give it. Yeah, give the benefit of the doubt. So it's funny. Shooter.
0: It's funny you say that because actually, maybe a good topic to talk about um, for the people that do shoot competitive <laughs> archery, especially on 3D, is this subject matter because you know, as a as a coach and a shop owner, and we have a lot of archers traveling um, on the amateur side of things. I see it getting worse and worse and worse. These young people, especially a cheating, it's happening. There was two kids this week, uh, and Mendon got disqualified. Five oh, kids, yeah, yeah, five kids at uh, at um, Fort Benning, and then the, the, all three of the winners in Foley have all admitted they shot twenty sevens. <laughs> I mean. You can't go back in time now, it's over with because, you know, you gotta prove the deal. No. But they but they actually the three winners were the kids that shot in Benning, they got disqualified and kind of made the comment, Yeah, well I shot these before, why not? You know, we yeah, won with these. So I and I'm not saying this it's all done intentionally, but at the end of the day, we're getting a lot of feedback from a lot of shooters that they're man, they're these people are hard calling pretty, pretty bad out there right now. And I think because the competition level in the sports getting it's really so high. high. Yeah. Everybody yeah. wants to shoot pro, everybody wants to become a pro and to get there, they're just taking the—I believe—the wrong path. Yeah, um, it's it's getting to the point now. Some of our kids even want to get out of the kids' classes and shoot more adult classes, where you have a little bit less of that. Well, well, I can I
2: can tell you that is not new. <laughs>
0: really, you think? Oh, dude! Well, when I shot answer, I, w- hands, I, w- I would, don't remember that.
2: Yeah, but I day. would say that the pro class is the easiest calling classes,
0: Oh gosh, it's unbelievable because
2: we—I mean. I'd like to think anyways, that none of us are going out there trying to intentionally call somebody else's arrow out. Correct. I mean, I will, uh, you guys got that fucking t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I'm, i feel like I'm a pretty lenient caller. Yeah. Like, and I don't Shooter's understand caller. why people. Yeah. I like, if it's close, I try and give it to the shooter. If I only, I'm trying to just find one spot on that arrow right. where it's touching the line. I can right. care less if it looks out this way, but in this way, right. If it looks in at any of the angles I'm looking at the arrow, I'm calling them in. Well, but, I mean, I feel like I'm a fairly lenient caller. Because you walk up to an arrow, it can only be one of two things. Yeah, It's either going to be in or it's going to be out. So, let me ask you a question.
0: Because I've always done it this way. I mean, and I think there's an unwritten rule that we, we talk about. If you can't call it out. Yeah. it's you, you can't call it out, a, you got to call it in. You got to call it in. So, you are tr- you go there trying to find a way, hey, you know, I need to be able to have definitive yeah. well, information and, to call this arrow out.
2: And every, every group is going to be slightly different based on who you're shooting with, the weather that day. Like even just especially on a 3D course, the lighting. Yeah. If it's if it's an overcast day and we're shooting in the timber, like oh yeah, you're screwed. Usually we're gonna get a couple more arrows called in that like are yeah. close just because of the lighting. Yeah. Now, right. I mean, maybe not quite as much because we've changed uh, the rules as far as how we can call. Right. I th- I still don't think we're allowed to use a magnifier, but you can use no. light. You can use Flashlight. artificial light. Yeah. Which I'll tell you, anybody, listening, if you carry around a.
0: High like power flashlight. 1,000
2: plus lumen flashlight, <laughs> that thing could be in the ass. And you can point the flashlight on it, and it gets rid of every shadow, and it'll yeah, look in. Without a doubt. No, Like, it's true. nutty. Yeah. But, I don't know. I mean, I yeah, like I said, I think the pro class is probably the
0: it is. easiest There's scoring nothing. group out there. Well, Not to I'm
2: say that we're all shooting good scores because we're calling all calling our easy. close arrows in, but... Right. I mean, well, I would say we're definitely the most fair. You don't have you don't have the instances where, like, I've talked to Courtney and a few other people, like shooting in the women's zone fifty right. or in the the men's known fifty or some of the other amateur classes, where it's like, man, these guys are just
0: a holes. Oh, I'll tell you. So I'll tell you. Uh, here's what happened to me, and and in converse, it happened to Joey Lovell, one of our known fifty shooters. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm shooting with Justin Hanna mm-hmm. on um, on the opening day, and Justin's just tearing it up. I mean, he's killing it. And, uh, and I was shooting pretty good in my first my first 10. I was actually walked off the first 10, 10 up, which was kind of cool. And I think it was a 10th target before we made the turn because we started on number one. And um, I shot an upper and hit it. And as soon as I did, I went, damn it, to myself. I forgot to kind of call it out loud, but I had shot probably six of them before that. Mm-hmm. And Justin seen me say that, and he made a comment like, It's in there, dude. And I'm like, uh, I don't know what to say. You know, he goes, you drilled it. And he ended up, they ended up, they just assumed it because I had shot so many of them anyways. shot all the other. Yeah. And so it wasn't a thing where they just, they, they didn't even question it, um, which I thought was wild. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So Joey Lovell on the converse side of that, he goes there and it happened to him twice. Um, He had shot 10 in a row and Joey shoots nothing but uppers. That's all he does. Yeah. You ever shot with him? He's an upper guy. He had to run, I think Joey had run eight out of 10 in a row, all Mm -hmm. uppers. Um, He gets to the 11th one. He calls it. He turns around and calls it. The guy nods. One of the guys, the other guys were talking. One guy nods his head. They go down to pull. And uh, one of the, I guess a puller said, when he got to Joey's arrow, said, you know, oh, Joey, did you call it? And he says, yeah. And then, they look at one of the other two guys and goes, "Well, I didn't hear it." The other guy says, "Well, I didn't hear it." And the other guy just was silent. That nodded. I mean, completely silent. And Joey was having a hell of a round. He said, "I was destroying the other guys in my group." And Joey looked at the guy and says, Are "You kidding me right now?" He goes, "You nodded. You know, you gave me confirmation." Well, I don't. You know, no one else said anything. You know, and the guy kind of backtracked on him twice, had two times. And uh, like I just that's just I, bullshit. I
2: just don't get that. I don't
0: like either. I- I just, it just makes no sense, and I, Joey doesn't lie. Mm-hmm. Joey's a super solid guy. Ended up getting so pissed off, he shot like twenty some up and got fourth place the next day. Because I think he, I think I know if he would have had those points that he says he got boned, boned out of because of him calling it, that he would have um, he would have finished I think second. Really? Mm-hmm. See, we finish, and we'll finish think, fourth.
2: Like, we do the. There's a couple guys that'll shoot all uppers. <laughs> in the known pro and we just do the blanket call well yeah like we, it, on the well, first plus, target we'll say hey i'm shooting at all over today if i call if well, i'm shooting at a lower i'll let I'll you know call. and yeah. plus
0: at that level you're good enough you know if he's in the top like half of you, the ring you, up there if yeah, you yeah miss
2: it by four it. inches like <laughs> right. which don't get me wrong i've done plenty of time well yeah <laughs> but like at that point like if you're if you've hit three uppers in a row like yeah that guy's probably shooting at. him.
0: <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> probably shooting at him exactly No, but it was just crazy because we're hearing more of that and the kids, of course, are complaining about it. Some of our girl shooters are talking about hard, you know, a lot of these guys and gals hard calling now. Um, A lot of the people
1: that are hard calling are sandbagging too. Yeah, yeah. I I heard that. I heard that from some of the amateur classes. And I told you, I was at, we were at the GPO and I was a little heated and so were a lot of people that were there because there was this one kid and I mean, he's tearing up the short side of the GPO Mm -hmm. and we're like, yeah, so what what class do you shoot? He's like, yeah, I shoot i shoot k40 but normally back home i shoot i should pro and k60 and all this stuff i mean the kid finished like 54 up on k40 um but there's no move-up rules so they can't force him to move and he's just sitting there just sandbagging those His those yeah them. those classes and then goes back home and shoots all completely
0: different class yeah, those are those are trophy hunters man yeah you're not wanting to get better you just want trophies you want hardware I like just,
2: the, it's like the guys that used to call when i was doing stuff with the iowa state archery stuff mm-hmm. the nfa chapter in iowa people would literally call and ask how many were in what class no way oh yeah so they so know where no so to go to get trophies yeah so they yeah. could shoot in a that's class with one or only like people or still... either none or one or two other people so they
0: can... <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's so dumb so stupid but that's, hey, that's it happens. Like the though.
2: one thing that USA Archer does, right? They get it's either you shoot
0: a recurve or, you or shoot a compound, compound and your age, and, and that's it. Yeah, and your age, and that's it. Yeah, you shoot against everybody. And yeah. that's, actually, that's actually a really good idea because it's because it's it, there just, are guys. It happens here in simpler. Texas. We it's got we got, we got simpler. there's we have two guys that have won, I don't know how many 10, 15 in a row. There's one guy, I mean, he shoots fingers, compound, pins. Mm-hmm. Um, Bo at, Hunter and, and Bow Hunter limited, yes, that one, and he's still. There's maybe one, two guys, maybe. I know one guy went down to shoot yeah. against him because he was winning everything.
2: Well, I mean, like, NFAA has 44 or 48 classes. Yeah, it's, retar- it's once ridiculous. You look, once you look at, like, the age structure and then all the equipment,
0: all the equipment know, stipulations. They need stuff. to get rid of probably a third of them. And then i tell you the other thing, I think, because I've been through this now, i lived through it, I, there needs to be a, a middle-aged class. Mm-hmm. I think when you hit 40 to 50... That should be a class. Well, I don't
2: know why you're complaining about it, because you're shoot- there is one for you and you're shooting in the pro. I'm an
0: idiot. I'm, an idiot. <laughs> I'm trying to refuse the fact that I'm fifty-three and I suck. <laughs> but
2: I mean, they yeah. already push they did push the what year did they push the senior from fifty five down to fifty? Yeah, to fifty. Was it's that? now like fifty five, to sixty now. Five or five, five or viewers. seven years ago, yeah. something like that.
0: Well I'm telling you, once you hit that age, that forty, your eyes start to go, your body starts to go. Unless you stay in really good shape. And it's it's hard to keep up with them 18, 20-year-olds, man. You can't do it. Was, I mean, how old's Hannah? That was 32 for me. Hannah's my age. He's yes, your age, 26. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, they got, he put on a clinic that first day. I mean, I shot with Perkins one day and just put on a clinic. Them guys just don't miss. They got eagle eyes. They've been good for a long time. Well, I know. But still, <laughs> it's just they're young. and Yeah, but you say that. Go shoot with Gillingham. Gillingham's really good. So I think Gillingham should be shooting in pro personally. I think he's... Why? Because, okay, so he's a now, trophy he, hunter now.
1: Trophy he, hunter? He's catching checks. I know, it's
0: true. He's, <laughs> he's, I know, he's 51, 52. He's 52. Yeah. He's year on younger than me. He's maybe maybe checks, you need man, maybe you need four stabilizers. Dude, I seen his bow out there. He was sitting on a. It's like, like a walker. It's unbelievable. It's bigger than it was in Foley. I didn't see him in Benny, but I seen him this shoot. It's bigger than it was in Foley.
2: I remember I was the one that, that pictured a to Archery Hooligan at Nationals last year when he had well he he only had the single front rod he didn't have the two right he had the, he didn't he had had the, the social distancing court, back but he rod he had the social distance back <laughs> rod I, mean, like <laughs> I, mean, like <laughs> I mean they're literally like three feet apart yeah I mean, running like 24 or 30 inches it's as wide as, as his own way way right. lane
0: I am telling you oh yeah seriously that bow now it looks like it literally it looks like he mounted a bow inside of a walker dude but he's winning because the bow is so small compared to his bars yeah I mean, that it just th-
2: looks normal size now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that thing's shooting though, dude. He's shooting one
1: way or another. He's shooting good. No doubt about
2: it. I still think the X bars he he had on his Apex Eight forever. The greatest thing ever. Oh yeah, just the double yeah, the bar bracket. Is, one yeah. off the front, one on, one the, back on the back, and four twenty-inch bars. Yeah, old X bars. But yeah, I mean, there's, he's got
0: thirties on the front. I think thirty ones on the front, twenties on the back. He's, or,
2: no, he's got all thirties.
0: Is it all thirties? For you know? sure. Yeah.
1: But That's an example of an old dude that's
0: shooting
2: It's an old it's an old man move cause you got you need less weight yeah, yeah. that's true
0: that's <laughs> not not a, not a bad call who else is out there thats shooting like that Keith trail Oh all them old guys can shoot good Keith yeah. Hopkins is shooting good I mean old man Goza they're all shooting good there there you go yeah whatever anyhow <laughs> drink more coffee anyways this, going back the scoring thing is I think something that we I think the ASA needs to, I think literally, need, I think they need to address it publicly and talk about, you know, you wouldn't believe how many people I carry it on my phone now. You, I, I actually um, took a picture because I had, I ran into this quite a few times and I think with one of my last day groups and I think in Foley, I ran into it and I carry that now Oh, the because people don't understand rule. the 90 degree rule. I had one guy literally, he was, I forget where he's from, shoots for PSC, and he's had no clue. He was trying to call an arrow out, and I pulled it up, and I'm, bro, here you go. This is a rule. Yeah. Well, and and so, I so, mean,
2: cold. some of it, we've gotten a lot of new blood in ASA, <clears throat> Yeah. which, I mean, I'd throw myself in that group. I've been doing it, you know, for full circuit for, like, two years now. Right. Really is all.
0: But you became so, a student really quick.
2: Well, yeah, but I've also, I mean, I became a student, but I had also, like, scored
0: four billion, billion arrows, arrows yeah, exactly. leading into that, and it didn't take exactly. long to kind of pick that up, right. but. It but doesn't
2: I, doesn't help either that, you know, the last two or three years we've had two or three different different types of foam that react differently. Exactly. Um, I think we had probably had the least amount of scoring discre- decrep- the discrepancies. I think was it last year when we shot them hard? Yeah. They were a lot harder targets. Yes. Um this year's a little deviation. Like roll, it's like in between what the it's old foam was yeah. and the Agreed. foam we shot last Agreed. year. Agreed. Yeah.
0: But, I like the foam this year. I think it's some pretty good stuff.
2: I don't know. See, from a scoring perspective, I liked that harder foam because
0: it was in or out.
2: But and some of it too is just how the targets are made. And we, I think we've talked about it before. But like that, that Wolverine, especially with the old tar- oh, with yeah. the old foam, yeah, when it's got that textured surface on it, yeah, you could like it. It'll flat like it stretches so much farther because of that the extra texture on the on the target face. So, like I don't know it. You know, you get your old like the original targets where they're just flat, like yeah. the like the no texture deer and the large alert deer.
1: Yeah,
2: uh, trying to think of some other, like the Russian boars and stuff like that.
1: Panther, like they're yeah,
2: yeah where they're just basically sheen There's, or just a clean finish on mm-hmm. it. Like they're not going to pull near as far as like the eater did last year. The the Wolverine and a couple other ones. Yeah, I'm trying a lot to think of those what else newer, is out there. A lot of the newer targets, they've got more definition on them.
0: Right. Well, that, that ant eater target range. too, that ant eater target was so heavy, that foam. Well, yeah, <laughs> I don't was, think that, that they use the same feet, type of foam. That, that thing it? is
2: three feet thick.
0: It yeah, is. It is so, it's, it's so big. heavy. Moving that thing at these local terminals, we have sucks. Yeah. That thing is ridiculous. <clears throat> it didn't surprise me they get rid of it because of the, I think, the sheer amount of material that was used in that target. And then the other problem I always had with it was that's a black target with white paint. Yeah. So invariably, you ended up turning that lower. I think it was the lower into, into a black, black face. Always, always, yeah. black. always yeah. black. I don't know. I never hit it in the lower. I hit it in the leg. <laughs> Dude, that target owned me. <laughs> yeah. I can count on one hand. I mean, twelve shots. I don't want them stupid things. But yeah, it's uh, scoring. I think is something ASA needs to address. So I really do believe they need to address it publicly because the scoring seems to be all over the map depending on what class you're in and. Like you said, we have more shooters now than ever, probably cross-pollinating from NFAA and USA Archery, and they just don't know how to score things. I mean, I know for a fact.
2: Dude, the first the first K50 shoot I shot was like Metropolis probably six years ago. Mm-hmm. And I got down and started calling arrows, and I think I was shooting with Wolf Ice and Thacker, and Wolf Ice literally went, hey, man. You're gonna get your ass beat if you call arrows <laughs> like that all weekend i was like all right well uh i'll write down then and kind of watch here for first day and then yeah i'll exactly. probably be fine but yeah, yeah i that's why i thing. had a couple where i looked at them like no nah, that's not gonna be there yeah. and they're like uh you look again motherfucker <laughs>
1: <laughs> i've been i've been taking my time to just learn that's why i'll go down to the targets a lot with the guys and yeah. just see how they're calling yeah. Uh, you know it's
0: here's the thing about it, and I, you know, we've and I've been across, I've been on two sides of this fence. I've had, you know, I've been doing it for a long time, over thirty some years, and I always tell the group, "You guys can call however you want." I do a lot of scorekeeping because I'm pretty good at math, and mm-hmm. you know, and I don't mind doing scorekeeping. Everybody else hates it, um, but I always say that. I always tell the group if we're going to hard call like that, and we got an arrow that's close, and the guys want to call a hard line on it, do it across the board. We got to do We're going to do it for twenty other targets. You know, got to be, got to be every twenty targets, all four. Days, every target. Zero. So, and uh, when you kind of bring that up to a group, and they start looking at each other like, "Yeah, that could be me on the next target," they're like, oh, "Okay, let's." You know, they'll become shooters, callers, really quick because they don't want it to happen to them. They don't realize that we're not taking targets and arrows on a case by case basis. Yeah, just like umpiring baseball. I'll ask for the umpire when he's behind the dish is you be consistent. If you're giving two balls in the outside corner, then do it the whole game. I'm good. So now I know where my tolerance is and I'll pitch to that. Mm-hmm. Same thing with arrow calls. We're going to call them that close, do it the whole time. And we know, so nobody get, can get upset, you know, but you know, changing it and getting out of the, you know, the not being consistent is what sucks. Yeah. Well,
2: and I think, I mean, we've, <coughs> we've had a couple meetings at the, at the pro-ams talking yeah. about the proctor calls and right. all this stuff. Like I personally, I think we should get a proctor call and I think it should be like a coach's challenge in football, where if you win it, you keep it. Be that your own okay. arrow or somebody okay. else's arrow.
0: Yeah. They didn't have one proctor call at the last tournament at all in Georgia. We're not allowed to have. In Louisiana. One. No, they have one now, don't they? So I think we have
2: one. You only get it when there's a group of five or a group or three. of three. Yeah. There has to be a group of five or three.
1: And we only have because
2: the archer can't call his arrow. Mm-hmm. So in a group of five, that leaves four. Four guys, and if and it has to tie two two. So two, you two, don't. Yeah, right. I got you. You don't actually get a proctor call or like a line judge call like you do in NFA or USA, where it's like, oh no, right. I don't agree with your call. I want my arrow looked at. Yeah. Which I think that I think we should get that up.
0: I agree. Um, <clears throat> I agree. Uh, at least one, yeah. and then you have that, to pick pick and choose that or like. No
2: more groups of five. Because yeah. if you got a group of four, you got three people. Exactly. Three other people looking at the arrow besides the archer and you can't tie on three. Right. Mm-hmm. So if you're not going to do a proctor call, then you need to have sit-out groups or an extra range to where we're not having to have, you know, five-person groups.
0: Right. Yeah. So I think, didn't they, but I thought we made it, I thought we made the decision in a group of five. You've got two scorekeepers who don't talk mm-hmm. at all. You've got Two callers and a puller. Correct. And the puller is not allowed to say well, a word unless he is asked to check you, check got,
2: you So that's your three. So you got one arrow in there. That's an archer's arrow. So his doesn't count. And you got four. The oh, I see you what you're saying. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. His arrow. Because if it's call. a close arrow, everybody's getting down. You're right. Mm-hmm. You're right. I still forgot about that. So, but what, what I think is odd is that like nobody like tries to actually defend their arrow call.
0: No. Or like, cause, like, I all,
2: don't. I like, <laughs> If I'm calling arrows and I, one of mine's close, I'll say, hey, mine's close, but I think it's this because of this. You know, I'm. it's You're in the target reasonings. like this. This is where the line, I see the line coming in and hitting it. Yeah. You guys, like, I try and at least, like, put the seed in there for somebody <laughs> to be like, oh, yeah, I guess it is tough. Yeah, he's like, right. So, but the fact that people don't do that, they just go, arrow. like, oh, yeah, it's close. You guys look at it. Like, okay, well, like, give me something to look at. Otherwise, yeah. I'll just. Otherwise, people will just get down there and just call them out.
0: Yeah, like, exactly.
2: But I at least make it so it's harder to call out. Right. And I'll, I mean, I do that with everybody's arrow.
0: That's smart, actually. So you're like giving, I, you're giving, giving information.
2: Gonna, yeah, I'm at least going to try here, and lobby to get yeah. my shit called in. Here, like, here's I my reason. i point I can. Yeah.
0: That's probably true. That's a good idea. Actually, was something probably we got I had to pick up on that. That's, because you're given a reason, a yeah, methodology.
2: Like, here, this is why I called in. So. Right. That gives somebody else an opportunity to look at that arrow in the same spot and get the same, you know, come up with the same idea that I have.
0: I think the big thing I want to see is that, you know, just to, for the listeners, if they are, is just, man, just make sure if you can't call it out, you got to give it to the guy. Yeah. Like you just, don't need to dumb down our sport. You mean, call the it way worse, you want to be called. Yeah. Just keep it, keep it a, a gentleman's call. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, I, I made a comment to one guy one time because he was doing it and I said, hey, there are only what a thousand other people at this facility, they give two shits what you make this call, whether it's in or out and, and you're not winning a million dollars for it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just, it's not that important at the end of the day.
1: It's not just Brian's catch. No, no, no. We all know it wasn't Uh. unless you're a Cowboys fan. (laughs) Uh,
0: (laughs) yeah. Anyway, Bridger's questioning that. <laughs> if you guys can see the look on his face right now. <laughs> uh,
2: it, so okay, we're gonna go down that We have a whole thing. I think the NFL rules. While I understand why they need to be black and white, they don't reward athleticism.
0: No, not at all. It's way too black and white. It's to the point. Black and white is so. It's over technical. Yeah, it's beyond technical. We're
2: we're shooting carving sticks at rubber deer. Like exactly. it doesn't have to get that that technical either. Yeah. It's touching the line or it's or not. Like, exactly. That, and that's why it's so funny to me when guys are like, oh man, I, I don't know what to call it. I don't know what to call Well, what know, does it look like? Does it, is it touching the line or is it not? I hate like to say it, only but I, got, you got one or <coughs> two options
0: here. I've said it before and I still stand by it. The easiest way to get rid of the, because I will tell you this, as a pure archer and looking at scoring, I think the old material where you were able to be literally a quarter inch out and pulling a line off center. Mm-hmm. To suck it into your arrow, I think that's horseshit. You didn't hit that twelve. Period. It's laying in the twelve because of the fallacy in the material that we use in the in the arrow. But at the end of the day, that's I, you know from a pure scoring p- p- perspective, I don't think we should get those, but we do, and that makes and it's consistent. I think the easiest way to get rid of it has got to be inner line. If you cut the inner line, because there are two lines on a three D target Correct. when they burn it, inner and outer. Mm-hmm. If you're not hit touching the inner line, you don't get it. That is the easiest way for me to get rid of the ones that are not actually bonus ring twelves um because they're pulling because of material.
1: Yeah, that's a lot easier than, so easy than shooting at a painted line. Yeah. Where you know that it's a painted line or paper. It's Correct. It's gonna cut you're touching it.
0: Right, exactly.
1: That's the only way you can get around it. But,
2: oh, but well, we deal with that at, like with the lines moving and all that BS and, yeah, and, when, and out. Uh, with outdoor feet of stuff when we shoot at those stupid. It depends if it's a waterproof plastic. plastic, plastic yeah. Oh god, yeah. Yeah. I'm just let
0: go. Well, I was gonna wake
2: Well, The amount of arrows I've had called out on those plastic targets because the lot li- they do the opposite of a three D target. You'll hit the edge of the line and it'll push it out and away. So you'll see yellow gap.
0: Yeah. But you your
2: arrow on the line, but the lines moved up and ate them and
1: Right. <laughs> and yeah.
2: you're only a sixteenth from the
1: But if you follow the line coming, it'll it's touching your arrow. But because of where it it hit, yeah, it's curled away. Well, you know what's worse is that
0: when you shoot some of these tournaments, it happened to me at State one time, you know, we shoot those, remember the white tail chip targets? It's chipped foam that they compress together. Well, those suckers get valleys in them that will grab your arrow and pull it a mile outside, you know, depending on how, how new the target is. Mm -hmm. And I had one, you know, it cost me a six, a nine, actually a 600, um, If the arrow would have went in dead straight, not my fault, I made a bad shot, but still if the arrow would have went in dead straight, it would have been a full shaft inside the five. Instead, that sucker was sitting, I'm not kidding you, on about a 40 degree angle. It had ripped the paper and went in, in the five and then laid and ripped the paper a quarter inch, a half inch probably. Sitting outside, and I was like, "What a freaking bad luck!" <laughs> I mean, I was oh, dude, pissed. The amount
2: of guys that have missed shoot offs in Vegas because of Louisville shit like that, because of those, because a bag target to be the same way. Oh, morels! Yeah, you get, yeah, you so get a warm spot warm. wore out in the middle, and you hit just outside of it. All that extra material on the outside of the hole that you were hitting in the middle of the X will push that arrow. Pull it out. out, yeah. So you that arrow hit and kick down, usually kick away from that hole if yeah. it's. You know, if the center of your point doesn't hit somewhere in that main hole, right, it'll Sit, lean, lean out. out so lean you'll outside. have a hole, you'll have a tear into the 10 line or into the X line on yep. a five spot, and it'll be sagging it'll just outside. out of it.
0: Yeah, boy, that's happened to me. But yeah, it's, and that sucks because then you're at the mercy of, but you made a bad shot at the end of the day. You well, yeah, of course. So but, you, but you're but you getting punished for it. Suck less try hard. Suck less try harder. <laughs> suck less try harder. Yeah, that's cool. But anyways, Minden was fun. Yeah. Um, I think we beat that. Horse today. Yeah. Minden was fun. Came back. Came back. And man, we, uh, Swapped Jason, out I, completely, yeah, we had to get our hunting bows ready. And Jason and I got a chance to go shoot the Black Rifle Coffee Adaptive Athlete shoot. So Black Rifle puts on a shoot for the, it's not just vets, it's just first responders, vets, military, Correct. um, f- and f- that have disabilities of sorts. And it's a hell of a shoot, man. Yeah. It's, it's, fun.
1: it's- it's a cripple-friendly tax shoot, yeah, is what exactly. I like to call it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so last year was the first year that they in, in, included law enforcement. Uh, James Lance was the very first law enforcement that they brought in, and he was the the other guy with a big beard on a on yeah. one of the track chairs. So yeah, we got to go out and hang out at the ranch and shoot a. It was a fifteen-target course. Yeah. Um, it was a one point eight mile loop. And there were some targets out there that were fun. Oh, yeah. I mean, we started off on a 90-yard elk shot. Heck, yeah. Um, and then we had that alligator over the water. Yeah,
0: that uh, was one of the coolest shots. I took a picture of that.
1: Yeah, poster. you guys had a—I couldn't go down there and shoot yeah. it, so I shot it from the side, which was a really cool shot for me. That was a badass shot. Uh, and then we had that—what was it? A 104-yard, 110-yard Bigfoot. 110. Yeah, which you
0: center-punched. Yeah. That was You know what's funny? Awesome. I go from shooting, like, absolute horse crap— in Minden, get my hunting bow out, and I'm not afraid to brag because I haven't had a lot to brag about this year for me. But I put on a clinic after about four that was arrows. good. Yeah, it took me a five shot to find my 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 left to right, my verticals. Yeah, and once because I was at first when I got an elk target, I think I shot it really high or something. I can't remember, and I was like, God damn it! And then I was the next four or five targets, I just wasn't there. And I think Isaac Junior was like wearing my ass out, and I'm thinking, man, and Isaac Junior is the uh, Black Rifle Coffee's uh, Botech. Botech Botech technician, mm-hmm. and Jason was shooting. You were shooting pretty good too at that point. That was, that was okay. Yeah, I, mean, I was just shooting like crap, but I tell you, I think it was on that boar, that wild boar. There was about seventy some yards, and I hit behind my pin. I thought, oh, okay, I got it now.
1: It took you. It took you a little bit because we <laughs> had to make some adjustments on on our uh, yardage. Oh
0: yeah, our yardage yeah. and my indicator our pin yardage was off. Was off. I was just going out there footage.
1: because honestly, I was just. It was the first time I could shoot an arrow that didn't matter.
0: It didn't matter. Exactly. I mean,
1: put it this way. I, I went and shot a 65 pound envision with intrepid 500s that I cut down <laughs> to the rest with 90. I took Bridger's advice. I mean, yeah. these things were flying like oh darts. God, they they, they so flew fast. like dog shit, but I mean, they were hitting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you guys went out there and had, had a really cool experience. I, I, I had something happen. That was, that was really cool too. Um, some dude broke my arrow and it wasn't even a robbing hood. We had a raccoon in a tree, oh, yeah. and I was like, "You know what? I'm going to go shoot this thing from from the side because you guys were shooting at like 20 yards." So right. I went backed up to like 30, 35, and I shot it at an angle. And next thing you know, this guy shoots and just splits my arrow in half, just completely destroyed. Yeah, it was hanging there. Yep, just hanging by, by a piece, one of, piece carbon. of carbon. It was awesome. It was really cool. Yeah.
0: Um, that was a hell of a shoot, though. Yeah, it was. Then I know. Um, I went over, and we were getting, finishing up, I think it was the last two targets. I don't know, you were getting hot. It was getting hot.
1: Up. Yeah, I agree. so the, the top, which was the first eight targets, were first eight. up in absolutely uncovered
0: uh, terrain. Yeah, the side of a hill. And it was, the sun was blaring down. Yeah, um, yeah. For those people who don't know, Jason, um, when you're in a chair, and I didn't know this until I met you, mm-hmm. a lot of you all can't sweat. Yeah. You don't, you don't yeah. regulate heat. Well, even
1: like crispy. We were out there, and because of his burns and stuff like that, he was getting overheated, too. Yeah. Um, so it got really hot. And it got hot. I took off. I didn't shoot the last target with you guys. Last, yep. Yeah. And I went down and hung out at the house. I was, I was over by the bar,
0: so I was yeah. good. I was cool. Dude, we walk, up, we walk up to the last target, and there's about 25 guys down there on yeah. the elk. And I'm like, what are they doing? So I go down there, and they're shooting the elk at 160. And I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> I'm all about this. And what's crazy, I'm shooting in vision. With 500 spine arrows cut super short. and yeah. I was shooting like three. I think it was 301. Fastest I've ever shot him in my entire life. But it actually was accurate. Yeah. It shot him good. And I had a well, hundred. Yeah, because
2: f- you're, you're super short. 500s a hell of a lot different <laughs> <super laughs> than
0: <the> Jason. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, he's got about four inch longer arrow than I got. <laughs> yeah, no shit. But I was shooting like a piece of rebar, honestly. But dude, 160. I, had a, I didn't even know this. Mm-hmm. So I looked at my tape and I was reading it. The CBE tapes. They go pretty far depending on how how much speed how you get. Is, yeah. So I had 130 yards on the tape. Yeah. And I was like, are you kidding me? And I told Brady, I said, spot me. And I put the 130 right on the kill zone just because I wanted to know how short it was going to be so I knew how high the hold was. Yeah. And Brady spotted me. He's like, bro, you your windage is perfect. You're 10 feet short. I'm like, oh, this is over now. I got it. Because you, know, you can make a good educated guess at yeah. 30 yards. I mean, it was, it was awesome. So I yeah. hit it twice. Guys were nice. kind of giving me shit after I hit the first time. I'm like, well, "I'm gonna hit it again right here." And I smoked it again. It was awesome, <laughs> it was badass. But yeah, it was a hell of a shoot. Black Rifle Man, they just put on an event. They did. They spared no expense. No, no. Um, feed you. Um, God, I know our gift bag had to be a thousand dollar worth of stuff. Yeah. Easy. Um, yeah, just we, a great. We got shoot. some really
1: cool stuff, and there's the Montana Knife Company donated yeah. some knives. Oakley. Uh, Oakley
0: couple of um, other... They made this shirt that I got on today, which is really cool and comfortable. Yeah. Um, and i tell you that, you know, the, the cool thing about that event, too, they're wanting to do... They're they're going to try to make that... I talked to Dan Horgan for a long time at mm-hmm. Um I think next year his goal is 200.
1: Yeah. He'll get it. The goal this year was 100, and yeah. I think
0: they came really close. They came really close. I think it was 80-some shooters. Yeah. Um, and they had some guys no-show. We and him were talking about it. Um, but at the end of the day he didn't want any more. And he said he couldn't have handled more than a hundred this mm-hmm. year. And I see, you know, Dan didn't even shoot. He's the event coordinator. He's a marketing guy from black rifle and didn't Correct. even shoot his own bow. Yeah. Cause there's so much going on. Um, and he doesn't know if he'll be able to shoot next year with 200. And it depends on how much help the guy has. It's a
1: lot of logistics to do for God. one guy.
0: Well, they have a, they have a dinner the night before Yep, a meet and greet dinner, which was all catered, um, which was awesome at the Kendall. And then, uh, they have the, you know, the next day with the tournament. And I think next year, Dan said they're going to make it a two day event. Okay. It's not going to be a single day. They're going to run for a two day event. Yeah. Which will help spread it out a little bit, not be as compressed time wise. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I had to guess, they're going to do a dinner on Tuesday and probably have to shoot Wednesday, Thursday prior to tack.
1: Yeah. Because you're trying, you try and squeeze everything into one day.
0: Well, yeah. Because most of those guys are going to the total archery challenge the next day.
1: Yeah. And the, and the other guys are flying back home on Friday. Correct. So, you know, you shoot on Thursday. You take off on Friday. Yeah. And I know that a lot of those guys, especially the first timers, they're like, man, I wish I could shoot again.
0: Right. 100%. So
1: it gives them a chance to go out and do it again and learn from the previous day. Exactly. And do it again. all I know is that I woke up on Friday morning oh, and I white. felt like somebody had taken a baseball bat to yeah, my back, my does. legs. Oh, I was yeah. like, man, this sucks. Yeah. But but it was good. It, it was, was. It was. Well it, was worth it.
0: it was. And I, the only thing I told Dan, uh, my suggestion was that because we have so many adapt, adaptive athletes and to, to, lower, you know, they had what he rent four or five ATVs. They had quite a few. Yeah. For the guys and gals that, that couldn't roll through the whole course, you know, for different reasons. Um, I just told him to shorten it up a little bit. You know, he doesn't, I, I explained to him the ASA. I encouraged him to go to a program mm-hmm. or go actually even attend our state shoot that we're going to have. Just to check it out. So you can see how we do it. Um, I think, seen? I think it's better for film video could you imagine if we were getting uh, able to shoot across the aisle from like brady and and dudley and those guys and to talk trash? it would just
1: be a non-stop shit non
0: top stop shit show
1: i mean yeah. dude you you put a like there was there was over a hundred veterans out there not not just disabled but other it. veterans yeah. Yeah. and the shit talking was oh my god non-stop you non-stop put them that close together trash talking yeah I remember finding one of Crispy's arrows. But that's
0: what that's what makes it fun, though. Yeah. I mean, because, and that's what I was trying to explain to Dan. I said, Dan, if you if you do it this way, it'll you know you can make a, Braden would have a field day. Mm-hmm. You could do a made-for-TV show like that instantly, yeah. instead of having to to run from target to target to try to catch everybody, and then. You're doing more than just integrating with your own crew of six to eight shooters. Now it becomes everybody there at one. On You're the intermingling range. with everybody. And the big thing is, then you probably can get guys in chairs mm-hmm. instead of the carts, you know, and have everybody, you know, not have the overheating, not have the, the length because that was one point what six miles you said? Yeah, one point eight. One point eight. That's a long way for some of them folks. Yeah. Um, you know, able body. Yeah, we can do it. But even for us, it's it's a hike,
1: especially because. Uh, you got to the last target, and then you had and to walk back. all the way back to target one. Exactly. Exactly. So.
0: I don't know. I I just encourage him to come watch the pro am. I th- I mean the our state shoot because we set it up like a
1: pro. Well, we we talked as well, and I think next year I'm going out there to help. Yeah, you need to try set to it steer up him in and, that direction and do that, and you know we can all help him
0: if we would stay down there in the Creek Valley mm-hmm. when and that's the other thing. I, I mean, I told him <laughs> the like, wind was. The wind in Texas this time of year yeah. is always going to blow 20 to 30. Yeah. I'm just telling you. There's, and if, you, if it doesn't, you're going to have a whole other set of problems out there with medics taking overheated guys out. Mm-hmm. You know, the wind was probably the only thing that saved you on those first six on the top side.
1: Yeah. I mean, well, I can go out there and stand it for a little while. It's towards the end. You get smoked. Um, especially we started shooting at 1230. So by three o'clock, you're the smoked. sun is is hot. Yeah, it's yeah. it's getting there. But, I mean, the wind, I remember one of the last targets that I shot up top on the hill, it was uh, it was a sheep or something. But I had to aim at the ass oh, yeah. in order to hit the kill zone, especially because yeah. I had those, those tiny light arrows. Light arrows. <laughs> yeah. And it was blowing that hard. Mm-hmm. Man, it was. But it was fun. It was great. At the shoot, end of the uh, day, I mean, you get to go out, hang out with a bunch of cool people, drink beer the whole time you're out there, and shoot your bow. I'll
0: tell you, for me, um, compared to the TAC event, it's... Because it's for a, a lot better cause. I, yeah. I say that, but it, there's a better a, feel. You get a better feel good. It's
1: a different experience out of that, yeah. especially with the with the new guys. The new that that's what does it for me. Is you always get to see the new guys that that come out that don't get to do this very right. often or have well, never done it.
0: We had that one guy come into the shop. He came in with uh, one of the adaptive shooters, and we're talking with him, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm just watching." And we're like, what do you mean just watching? Well, I'm just going to watch cause I can't shoot. And, and this guy looked like he's fine. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking with him. He's got a really, really bad shoulder that's been repaired. Correct. Like I don't know how many times you could, when he actually stood up and you look, you can see it. It's jacked yeah. up bad. So he has no stability in his, in his right shoulder. And then in talking with him, Roger's like, well, dude, you ever thought about shooting a mouth tab? And he has, like, what? You can actually do this? Roger built him a mouth tab in about 10 minutes on a dart and bow. Mm-hmm. And the, Dude, the guy had the time of his life. Yeah. I walked yeah. up to him on the practice range and he had spent half the day in here getting sighted in after mm-hmm. we built, we kind of donated a bow for him. Um, and the guy was like literally crying. Oh, yeah. Practice range. It, no, it for real. changed no, his life. It did. And d- me and Dan talked about him specifically. Um, and he came over to me and he's like, Scott, I cannot, you cannot understand how thankful I am. He says, you know, to everyone else, I look like I'm fine. Mm hmm. Um, so, there's questions always, why do you shoot a bow regular? And yeah. they don't understand what I can and can't do physically. Um, and this is when he started to tear up because you guys just made this entire weekend for me. Mm-hmm. He had came there to participate as an observer with his buddy. And turned out being a shooter. And turned out being a shooter. <laughs> you know what, dude? He was shooting pretty freaking good.
1: Yeah. I and mean, I mean, you had other guys out there, like 100% percent able body guys that, yeah. that were going through some stuff like Remy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, he had wrist surgery or something. So, he was out there shooting a mouth tap. Mouth
0: tap. Because he can't move, because he can't, yeah, he can't use his wrist right now. He's completely able. It was just awesome. And then that is what makes events like that worth it Mm -hmm. for me. Because that guy, he's never going to forget that as long as he's lived. And he may end up shooting a bow that way permanently, you know, until he gets everything repaired. Yeah. Um, And Dan was telling me his story. You know, the guy's got a lot of PTSD. Mm Mm-hmm. To the point that he is one of the guys that Dan was talking about. Hey, having an actual on-site, two on-site therapists actually to have some sessions for those guys. That's what it's about. That is a therapy-based tournament. One hundred percent for those guys. It is
1: not about going out there and, no. and scoring and competing, which we we all do. I and mean, there's it's it, there's always little interior wagers going on, oh, which gosh, is yeah. hilarious and fun. Right. Um. But you get to meet a lot of really cool people. Yeah. Uh. And and like you said, it started with a dinner prior. Sitting out there hanging out with a uh, Tim Kennedy, awesome MMA fighter, um, and then you get serenaded after the shoot by Tim Montana playing music out there while we're eating right. some amazing food. Yeah, it was awesome. It was Scott great. and I sitting there stuffing our face with banana pudding. Oh my
0: god, this stuff
1: was amazing. That's why I went to the gym, <laughs> and I'm going
0: again. Well, then we rolled from that straight into tax, straight that into was three mayhem days of absolute mayhem. God. yeah. I mean. For those people who never get, and it's funny because I sit back as an observer and as a you bow know, guy, they are literally their own genre now. It's Ethan it Ethan wild. from Lancaster was losing oh, his man. mind. <laughs> like, dude. <laughs> yeah, Ethan was uh, a Mike, big Mike, got uh, took the weekend off. Yeah. He's the guy that normally runs the Lancaster trailer. If you guys have ever been to big events. Hey, he told
1: me there. in Minden that there's no way in hell he was coming down yeah. here.
0: Well, he let Ethan be in charge of it, and it was pretty awesome. Ethan had never been to one, and I was just like, dude, you better hold on to your jacket because it's going to be crazy. He was going nuts. That man was losing his mind.
2: (laughs) Yeah, he'd pop over to our booth because we were right behind him or right in front of him every once in a while. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Like, oh, my God.
1: (laughs) He was really, really excited. The other, I think it was on Saturday when I saw him. So I was like, yeah, man, we got to go to Topgolf yesterday and do the go-kart stuff. And he's like, that was oh, my they decompression. Go that, they go to that Andretti, Andretti place. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. Yeah, but I mean, it was swarming with, oh, with was people. So cool. And you're seeing, well, I saw. It's crazy. You're getting a lot of tack divas out there, too. A hundred percent. They remind me of target shooters. Like, they are.
0: They were so. so
2: that it's their own version of it, man. Like,
0: yeah. Oh, Ethan told me. He has a new respect for the target guys now. He said I'll never crack on the target guys anymore.
1: <laughs> Cause now you've got Joe Blow who oh, shoots in his backyard and thinks he's
0: an expert
2: because he goes to expert.
0: Exactly the worst yeah. ever. Full but, full
2: sitka
0: Sitka Kuyu, uh first light, you
2: wanna
1: be I've never seen people more cameled out to go shoot foam. Bro.
2: Bro
0: these guys could literally walk out to the elk woods from there and be effectively hunting. I mean, it was, Ish. unbelievable. <laughs> I it, mean,
2: it, in, in all fairness, it is quote unquote, a hunting simulation to correct. some degree, because they, I mean, it the is. course is there. They do yeah, set them uh, up to be is. longer walks and everything. Cause I think, I don't remember what course Courtney shot on Sunday, but it was like, just, just barely off five miles. Yeah.
0: I think it was a Hoyt. I think Hoyt. Yeah. It Cause was Hoyt, like they said Hoyt it was or long, or but not crazy whatever. high. So, yeah. Yeah. My, my good buddy, Tom Fierce, you know Tom, he comes out in a pair of blue gym shorts and a red t-shirt, a, a red, like, runner's t-shirt and a pair of gym shoes. And I'm like, bro, he's like, That's I not work. <laughs> He stuck out like a sore thumb. He's like, I don't care. I'm not joining this crowd. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I mean, it was funny. As I'm well. not going to go play Crocodile Dundee with yeah. t- with foam targets. Oh my god! Some people dude. do take it as as a warm up or as a test to so yeah. see where their fitness is and where all that is. But
3: yeah, I wanted to rent a backpack to test it because I went out there hiking with Jesse, followed them around, got pictures of one of the events. Mm. I wanted to rent a backpack that I've been looking at, see how it stood up, how it works. Yeah, yeah I didn't have time to get it though. But honestly, I mean, that's a I really good place to do. Yeah, it. for sure. I don't. I mean, all those guys. I mean, the camo seems a bit excessive. Like. You're not going to be able to test if the foam animals can see you. Maybe <laughs> to see how the the you clothes know. feel, but I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, if you're wearing a backpack and just got some,
0: well, shoes, in there, that, that makes sense. Your, yeah, your shoes, shoes are going to get tested for sure because yeah, that's,
3: these boots. I wore them out there
0: and they are broken in. That's for sure. Yeah, you're you're going to get broken in. That's that's brutal. I saw
1: them on Friday when I was getting there for the after party, and Brayden looked like somebody had just drug him through the dirt. No, he well was, because he was beat
3: dude after hiking around because that loophole course was. I mean those targets were pretty spaced out and the paths were they were clear they're cut well, but they weren't like gravel roads or something. Yeah. It was pretty rough and yeah. then oh, hell, I, and then on top of that, getting back and working with all those people that were oh, coming yeah. in for arrows well, and I, stuff.
2: I remember when I went to the one in Big Sky, there was a whole section we walked through of all bunch of deadfall. Mm. Wow, that was all like five feet high. Through, through the deadfall? Oh yeah, we like the trail was through the deadfall oh, and yeah. stuff. So we had That's to walk through all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's, I mean, but I mean, obviously, Big Sky, Montana is a little different than like San yeah. Yeah. Antonio, <laughs> Texas. It's like it's actually a mountain. We were because yeah. yeah. when we took the ski lift for the start of the course, we went from like 6,000 up to almost 8,500. Yeah. So you
0: went down 2,500 feet. No. Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah. Like Bad, eh? the, shoot like shooting from the top of the mountain all the down. way down. Yeah. We literally walked down a black diamond. Yeah. Uh,
0: ski scope <laughs> at the back and yeah. that's straight down dude yeah. that's cheap. oh
2: dude it was gnarly
3: next yeah. year i'm coming prepared though like i didn't have to i didn't plan enough ahead this year so i didn't really get to shoot i shot some of the novelty targets but i didn't yeah. get to shoot an actual course but next year like i'm coming out with like full-on like i'm gonna bring my backpack test that out i'm yeah. gonna have gonna my bow set up
0: you're gonna, you gonna well, be an attack shooter it, <laughs> i think it's just because well you can't do that anymore when when, i will say this there's no other venue like it where you can go shoot your bow out to 100 plus yards yeah as much as you want yeah and it not matter Yeah.
3: Mm -hmm. yeah and that's my thing because with with school recently i haven't had a whole lot of time to shoot my target bow and i know that i have to devote time to it to be good at it and i just haven't had time to do it and so i feel if i ever do go to a tournament i did indoor stuff a little bit and I felt disappointed at how I was shooting, but I mean, just walking around the tack course, I was like, this would be so much fun because oh, I don't kidding. have to care if I, if I miss, nope. no one cares. Nobody cares. It's a good place if, to doesn't test matter equipment. Where, yeah. It oh, doesn't matter really. where I hit the animal. No one, it's just, we're having fun out here and that's what I would enjoy about it. Yeah.
1: Guys really tested their arrows. I saw some people were hitting rocks and I mean, their arrows were stuck in the rocks, pulled it out and it was just fine.
2: Bro.
0: I'm not. that you, though.
2: You and I talked about it when we were driving back Sunday. Like, if you could figure out a way to get all the arrow sales, so we did some which granted math. We yeah. got we 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 got a pretty good portion. of We did, there, yeah, for sure. Like, a, like throughout it, the whole, what'd you say it was? Throughout so the Dave whole year, Fraser, yeah,
0: Dave Fraser, a good friend of mine, who's an analytical freak. He um he him and his son did the math. They figured on a twelve dollar arrow average price, which is probably what the average price is across all. Because I've seen some guys shooting thirty dollar arrows and some guys shooting you know five dollar arrows. You take $12 an arrow. You take the average guy loses a dozen Mm -hmm. in a given weekend is how it works. And if I would say that's a pretty good average. I know one guy lost 18 $30 arrows one day. I tried to tell him not to shoot him and he did. Um, And then you got some guys like Bridger, he won't lose an arrow. He might lose one or two just from breaking it, you know, but Mm -hmm. not lose it, lose it. So let's say the average is a dozen across all those events and all the days. The math was $3 million worth of arrows or get used, expensed. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine if you had a business that just did that? If you could provide 100% of the arrows for the shooters, that's $3 million worth of throughput instantly.
3: Next year, we need to have the size booth we had this year but I'm need just you to, for arrows. I'm going to
1: need you to edit all that out. Brayden. <laughs> <Right in.
3: laughs> Can't give anybody ideas.
1: Yeah, no kidding. But no, that's pretty amazing. Insert elevator music there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, we had, um, and I took some pictures. Uh, I went to go dump trash out in the big trash can one time. And I opened the lid up and I looked in and I'm not kidding you. There had to have been 5,000 arrows. Oh no, Yeah. Oh dude. When I, I took a I, picture,
2: when I walked with Courtney, all of our stuff back to her truck cause she was leaving a little early. Like when I came back by, there was a guy then a side by side literally had, I bet he had 600 arrows it in his side by side, like taking it and hucking them into that yeah. big dumpster. Yeah.
1: That's what like, I took a picture of.
2: It's just crazy. It you're
1: right. Unbelievable. People out there were shooting like super cheap arrows. And people were out there shooting. I saw somebody shooting pro comps. Oh yeah, shooting there was X a impact. guy shooting pro comps. Yeah, yeah. I
3: X
2: impacts,
1: axis I mean, long I blew ranges. All up, up
2: a pro tour on the on the rhino.
3: Well, in I lost, I lost a couple arrows. I didn't miss, but I lost a couple on that elk target because I was hitting points that were stuck in there, or oh, maybe yeah. the rebar stuff and yeah. jack up yeah. the insert. I lost. I mean, that's what Paige was telling me. She was like, I. She was saying last year I lost more arrows on the practice range than I did shooting yeah. out.
1: Oh, I
0: did too.
3: On the courses.
0: Yeah, but that practice range gets beat up, man. I mean, oh yeah. Hard, yeah, hard, yeah. Hard.
3: Well, there's still there were a lot of targets <laughs> out there. But I mean, with how many amount of people that there were out there. No, you didn't go. go down there.
0: You didn't go last year, did you? No,
3: this is my first year.
0: Okay, so that practice range it was double the size compared to the last year's. Really? Yeah. yeah. So you know where the vendors are? Mm-hmm. That was all targets. And yeah. we shot. And we shot from where the bathrooms are across the creek. We shot on the wow. on the sidewalk. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So the, one thing I was talking to Sean about, Sean DeGray, the he owns and runs TAC, is that the common theme I heard was they love the new vendor area, which I did too. The vendor area was amazing this yeah, year. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that looked um, really good compared to prior years. But they were upset that the tar- the practice range, was not as good as it was in years past. Mm-hmm. And apparently, we had the best practice range of all the other shoot Correct. combined. I mean we had we had the best one
1: yeah I mean we had targets hanging from the trees oh, we had targets out, out to 100, 100 yards, yards.
0: Yeah. I mean elk and caribou targets out there at 100 plus it was a. I mean lot. I'll never it was worth the, just doing that
1: I'll never forget my very first attack with you guys was like five years ago and I'd never shot a 3D target and I had a, a target bow yeah. that I just pulled out and my yeah. very first shot was at like 80 yards or something like that. It was a big bear, and I'd twelve range it. I was like, "Wow, this is this This is is awesome." I'm just going to hang out here in
0: the in the practice (laughs) range. You do, yeah. You could have as much fun on the practice range as you do on the course. Amazing, yeah.
1: Yeah, You lose arrows on the practice range, you go buy them, and then you go lose them again, and then you go buy more.
0: You just can't believe though. And I'm Bridger. His first time ever, he got a chance to work it, and isn't it mind-boggling the amount of guys blowing crap up? breaking things.
2: Bows derail, dry fired <laughs> arrows. I need to I you got to get another half dozen arrows.
0: <laughs> Peeps
1: not tied to get Peeps. shot out of the, the string. Dude,
2: Bro. You, you level my second axis. Yeah.
1: And it's then you always then you always have the guys that I don't know how it happened. It just happened on his own. Oh yeah. You dry fired this, did you? No 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 admit it you know I just I just
0: I shot at a target and the cam's bent. Yeah. Okay. No again, <laughs> I had one guy we had to let we actually brought him a bow to let him borrow. Yeah. Um, because his bow was just nuclear. I mean, mm-hmm. He, he dry-fired it, and cam was bent. Cables, I mean, the string and cables were brought. I mean, it was unbelievable. Well, Bridger, you built a couple set of strings. I built, like, two Instantaneously, sets. like, for guys who were the- Because these guys travel a long way. I had one old guy, fella, he drove from uh, Beaumont, mm-hmm. you know, six-hour drive, and he's forgot the front end of his dang Sherlock scope, his sight. Like, oh, he literally yeah. forgot the whole scope housing on <laughs> the front. He had the Challenger was on his bow. No scope and no dovetail mount. I'm like, holy crap. You know, and I felt so bad for the guy. I'm looking, thinking, what am I going to do? This guy's, this is on a Friday or Saturday morning. His whole weekend shot, Mm -hmm. you know, and he's got, I think he had scheduled to shoot three ranges. You know, so we pulled a Fast Eddie XL off the shelf and just opened it up, built it for him, took him over the range, got him sighted in. So, you know, it solved the problem. That guy was so appreciative. It was unbelievable. But, you know, we saved his entire weekend. Yeah. Um, but that's the kind of stuff like that happens. I mean, you can't believe how many guys could become, come up there ill prepared. And I don't care what, I don't think there's enough education out there. You get a lot of these first time guys that come out and I watched one guy walk up to the booth and he's got like four arrows in his quiver. Um, I asked him, I said, Hey, you shooting? He goes, yeah. He goes, I said, uh, you haven't shot yet. No, nah. What course you shooting. Oh, I'm shooting prime. You're going you, you, to be done in like five targets. Well, what do you mean? I don't miss. I shoot 3D all the time. Okay. So I'm telling, give you some advice, bro. You're going to lose eight to 10 arrows on that prime course. Prime and Sitka were the ball breakers. Yeah. And uh, lo and behold, he went out there. I think he made it through half the course. Here he comes. I need a dozen arrows. <laughs>
2: <laughs> hey, I mean, it, we were the only shop out there doing doing any bow work and stuff. Yeah. So we, I mean, we built probably... Two thousand arrows out Dude. this weekend, but in the, all these guys offense, There have been plenty of times where I rolled up to an ASA or USA or NFA shoot and went, parked my truck, went straight to the Lancaster trailer. Oh heck yeah, I needed.
0: Heck yeah, man, no doubt about it. No, that's what that's why Lancaster's there and why we're there and some other some of the other vendors to you know keep these guys shooting. Mm-hmm. But it was a great event. God, it was crowded. I mean, I forget what Sean told me how many thousands they had. It was a lot. It must have been well over three thousand. I think well over three thousand attended, easy. Yeah. Overall, because what's even crazier is it. You know, I typically don't get there till eight eight thirty. I don't mm-hmm. like you know, just it's you're there all day. It's a grind. You're tired. And I know for a fact I had one of the vendors come over and told me he says yeah some guy was there were like six guys waiting at seven o'clock. I mean seven a.m. These guys are waiting for us to get there so they can get stuff or get things fixed. It's like, you got to be kidding me. So, yeah. I, you know, Jesse and Paige thank God, we're a lifesaver in that. They ended up going there early. Um, but that is that is now. Five, six, seven years ago, it wasn't like that. You wouldn't really start seeing the guys rolling into until 8.30 or 9. Now it's butt crack of dawn. Here they are. I think i ready? got a great idea. We're going to make this better next year. Yeah, I've got a lot of things I want we're going to change next year.
1: We're going to work together. Because... You know, I got to I got to experience it as a as a vendor my, myself. Right. You know, we, we started that, that blind company, so I got to spend some time over there. I think next year, we're going to put some of you guys
0: inside a blind. You joke. Well, I was going to talk, talk to Beto about building a... Yeah. I want to have a... A mobile shop. A mobile shop slash trailer kind of like... You, you like, like what Hoyt has, dude. That thing was slick. Yeah, a lot of the guys... So Hoyt, they all the manufacturers have that at like the ASA events.
1: Yeah, okay. you need that. You need okay. to have a trailer where you have all your stuff.
0: I can tell you now, just having the ability, and this is my vision. Yeah, I can say it. It's no big deal. Is to take a mobile shop so that you can sell a package of getting your bow tack ready, whether you, like you said, Bridger, get coming in there you think you're ready, where you offer a service like leveling all your accesses, paper tuning it. And then helping reside in if need to be, mm-hmm. you know, even building a having a string jig there to make a custom string if we have to have it in a moment's notice. Bridger, you can build a string in what thirty minutes? Like yeah, thirty minutes. Yeah, hour I mean, and that's play. and that could save a guy's entire weekend. weekend. You yeah. yeah,
1: you're right. People spend thousands of dollars to come down here and shoot this event, and then if they're done well, if in they're one day, yeah.
0: yeah, they're just because they don't realize what it is until they get up there and shoot it, and they're like, holy crap! And Now. I think the next year that guy's more educated and he doesn't have that issue, but it's, un- but you, it, I mean, I've
2: been to tournaments all over the planet, all different times, and there's no other event like attack event.
0: No, not even close. Like, it's a one of a kind. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's well, you have all level, you have all every level of shooter you could imagine mm-hmm. from a kid, you know, that shoot just, I, we had a parent bring his son up there mm-hmm. on a bow they had just bought that. We ended up bringing it up and outfitting it and selling him arrows. And then Abigail took him over and got him sighted into 20. So, we could shoot the kids' course, I mean, the the locals' course, they call it. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that was a, a new archer came there to shoot his bow for the first time ever, mm-hmm. up to a seasoned professional like Bridger to go out there and shoot. I mean, you've seen it's end to end the gamut. Yeah. Most it, of these tournaments we attend, they're all shooters yeah. to a degree. Yeah. Did you get to go shoot? No, heck no. Uh, you know, it's just, it's it gets harder and harder every year. Yeah. Because if I do, then I get, you know, where in the heck were you? I needed you for this. I need you for that. My phone will blow up, you know, and I just, I want to make sure and stay there. So if something happens, even though this year, Bridger and Roger, I worked on fewer bows than I have in the last 10 years. Well, I remember that. last
1: year. Yeah. It was, it was I nonstop. was still behind
0: that press. and I never left. I mean, just nonstop. Mm-hmm. With Bridger and Roger there, man, it was awesome. You guys were killing it, so I didn't have to do near as much work as I typically do.
2: Yeah, I let you bullshit a little more. God dang it was like <laughs> flap, bullshit, your guns <laughs> flap your gums, Dude. Flap your gums all day.
0: I was running that trap like crazy. Hey, that's that's your job. You go out there and network. Dude. Do it was it. unbelievable. I didn't get a chance yeah. to go look at the vendors, really. I think I went around one time. Yeah. You know? And I was, don't know if I've seen everybody that we needed to just, you know, just to knob to with. But, yeah, uh, there was some, like, some cool stuff out there.
2: Yeah, the coolers at the Sinku booth were pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah, full of full, the white clothes and, and beer, yeah,
0: that's true, <laughs> yeah. Helm Show didn't show me that until like Sunday, and I was pretty hard,
1: <laughs> yeah, I went around a couple of times there was some good products out there there was the uh, the guys with the body wipe stuff, yeah I heard that of stuff, stuff was amazing. awesome, yeah, and right next to them was the the dried meal stuff i mean they were it was good food, yeah.
0: So, you know, I wanted to talk a little bit today about TAC, because the reason I'm talking about TAC is that as that event grows and grows and grows, and our listeners maybe want to go try it and shoot it, Mm -hmm. um, I will tell you there's a common theme at TAC. A, you shoot the crappiest arrows you can possibly buy, because because you're not scoring. Now, you might have a group of guys you're shooting against and with um, to have fun. Yeah, with no, that, shooting yeah, really well, yeah, shooting skins and stuff. But at the end of the day, you're going to break and lose arrows. Yeah. And that is not the venue to shoot a $30 X impact.
1: No, no, no. I mean, to
0: kill an elk with.
1: Guys want to go out there and test their equipment, but I don't think that's the place to do it. You no. do that shit at home.
0: Exactly. And I mean, I, the, everyone was talking about this one target. And I, I, mean, I talked to numerous guys who are really good archers. It was a 65-yard shot at a possum. And it was through the trees, like they said, through heavy trees. They said it was a narrow graveyard in front of it. Mm-hmm. And everybody was bitching that, yeah, I don't care what size pin you had. You drew, you looked, you put your pin on the target, and he was gone. <laughs> and you just prayed that you were in the middle of it. Because at 65 yards, that possum target, I think, was said was like 12 inches long by 6 inches high. Oh, shit. Yeah, look, look like a piece of dirt or a rock. Um, but, yeah, so you, that's one thing. You want to make sure you shoot crappy arrows. And I, I'll, I will tell you that um, I'm trying not to give him. I don't want to give plugs out, but there are a couple bow companies that do – Really, really well with setups like that, um, to where you can get an arrow that's way underspined to shoot and shoot well. Um, mm-hmm. and, I, and trying to find—I'm not saying you go out and buy a bow for attack, but to get to make those things work the way you want to work, there are a couple of companies that do that really well. Yeah. Um, but you need to be shooting super light arrows as fast as you can humanly get them. I think one one twenty was the farthest target out there this year. I think it was. You elk. want to be over three hundred. Got to be at 300. If you want to shoot that far. Mm-hmm. And then there were a lot of guys because TAC is also that event. that You can, you don't have to shoot the stake. Mm-hmm. A lot of women walk up to shoot where they're comfortable. But then again, there's guys like we did. Walk back. We walk back. <laughs> I know a couple guys were talking about shooting that 120 elk target at like 200, mm-hmm. uh, two, 220. Dang. And that's a blast though. Where can you do that? And do it and lose arrows and not care.
3: Yeah. Well, the other bonus of having cheap arrows is just that you get to enjoy your time there more because you're not... Constantly like counting, like, well, I've lost four arrows. That's hundred and twenty dollars, or whatever it is, yeah. right? Yeah. Like it's just like, oh, I've lost a couple of arrows, twenty bucks, no big deal. Absolutely. Dude,
1: this is this is a, as equivalent as you know what. I'm gonna go play golf with my friends. I'm gonna buy a bag of recycled golf balls. Hundred
0: yeah. percent. And I look for him.
1: Yeah, exactly. I'm not gonna go out there and buy
0: like yeah, a shank one. Yeah. Let her rip. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, that, and I think the other thing is making sure you got a good backpack. Um, you got to carry water and food. Mm-hmm. I think it's another thing a lot of guys miss. Well, those courses, a couple of them, and then shoes was the other big one. Yeah, because you're walking. What did you say, Bridger? You said one of them was like Courtney, five something.
2: Courtney said it was like between four and five miles. Yeah, that's a Whatever long way. Whatever course they shot on Sunday.
0: Yeah. And that's a long way. And that's 20 targets across that four to five miles. So I don't know how many targets yeah, it's right 20. There. I didn't get to go out range, but you need something comfortable on your feet. Yeah, exactly. And that's probably why a lot of those guys were the. You know, we made fun of them as far as being tax shooters, but good, cool clothing that you can handle the heat and wicking very quickly because of moisture and, you know, you sweating. It's all that stuff has a, has a reason to be out there with it because yeah. it's is, it is like hunting to a degree, you know. And it's, it's a great event, though. If you have never get a chance to shoot one, you want to go shoot it. It's kind of like the, if you – a lot of people shot the R100s, you know, the Reinhardt. Yeah. Um, kind of like the, that on steroids. A non scored shoot that is made to have fun. And they have a Bigfoot target. They did. Yeah. What else? Do they have dinosaurs? I can't remember. I'm sure they do on one of them. Yeah. But cool they
2: shoot. Do, they do a bunch of different cool ranges. Like the Rocky Mountain Elk course was yeah. all, all elk. All elk.
0: Yeah. And dude, all full
2: size. And then the Reinhardt third size. Yeah. A bunch of those little third sized elk.
0: That's crazy. I'll say four thousand dollars for the elk targets. No more yeah. than that. No, Probably it's more, more than, that. than that. It's forty thousand. Yeah, worth of elk targets. They average about two thousand a piece, mm-hmm. and at twenty of them, yeah, it's forty grand worth of targets. That's pretty bad. Well, just
1: just the number of targets in general. Oh God, we talked a lot about the practice rangers. There's a ton of targets out there, all
3: sizes.
0: Well, but I know Braden had a picture of a one. And they had a bat. Oh, hanging really? from the yeah. tree. Yeah, Jesse. Well, what was funny
3: baby. was I thought they were. Like, it was cool. It was hanging from the tree, and then they had it suspended, so if you hit it, it swung, mm-hmm. right? And so I was like, okay, we got to hang it up there by rope. But we walk up, and I'm like, no, they're playing dirty. They got it up there on bungee cords, so it's bouncing a little bit too, and I oh, just, wow. it's kind of hard to see from that distance. It's like, they're playing They're
0: playing a little mean here. Yeah, that's a badass target. I've never seen the bat before. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And then you get your novelty
1: shots. You got the, the truck shot. Oh, yeah. You, you get to shoot at a caribou at a caribou, 111. At 111,
2: this 111 year. caribou. They inside always do out. the truck shot at one eleven. Yeah, and you got it. Yeah, you got to hit it inside out, and you get yeah. a ticket to win the, win the tack truck. I think it's a trophy. a trophy ridge? This trophy way? ridge. Yeah. Ford, I think. ridge Bear. No, it was, a, it it's was not, a. Chevy. They're
0: giving away two. That was a Bronco too.
2: So the Bron- That's a Yeti deal. Oh, it that is. That was a Yeti deal. Okay. Yeah, they're giving away a refurbished Bronco. That Bronco, oh, like a trailer. Cool. Dope. Dude. It looks sick. That
0: thing was sick. Yeah, that thing was awesome. I'd want to win that. Screw the <laughs> trophy ridge truck.
1: Yeah. And then you get the iron rhino. Yep. What iron do you win rhino. for that?
2: Uh they were giving away a pack every pack day. from Kafaru. It was like ten bucks, you got three shots. And it was I don't know. They, I think they changed distances every couple days, but it was about like a three or four inch circle. On Sunday it was at forty five. I know. That's what it it was was when I wrote
0: Friday. It was a graveyard in front of that. Oh
2: man. Like
3: unbelievable. (laughs)
2: There was a hundred arrows. I
3: will say the way they had the range set up, it was fun because those novelty shots are kind of going across. Across, And so we can actually, if you're sitting there at the practice range, you can actually see those arrows hitting that (laughs) iron target just exploding or just going ding and dropping straight down. It was pretty (laughs) funny.
0: Yeah, that target was crazy. And then they had a, I know Jeff Cross, and a, uh, one of our customers, a good friend of mine, is uh, his company sponsored that Kudu target.
2: Yep, had a Kudu at like 60 or 70 so, yards, and like if you shot a shot an 11 or 10 on it, then you, get you got, a, got a ticket into an Africa hunt.
0: Yes, yeah, an African Oh, that's hunt. cool. Yeah, they got an African hunt giveaway for that. So yeah. a lot of cool things you can do there for sure that are you're not going to see it on any other shoots. No, no it's sure.
1: way different than an ASA Vendor Village or... Oh, yeah. Way different than a USA archery. Yeah. Any, well, anything.
0: It's just it's there for you're there to have fun. Yeah. I mean, like like every one of them not everyone, but most of the vendors, like Sitka, were beer thirty. Yeah. Pretty they they didn't, all they
2: didn't have any hardly any uh uh like apparel or anything in there. No, yeah, they weren't selling anything, but it was just a lounge tent for the most part. It
0: was Seriously, You know, now that I think about it, they didn't have anything showing. Mm-mm. I remember last Low year. Gear, uh it was
2: just a lounge tent. Giving give away some stuff and mostly just beer and let so awesome. hang out. And kind of
0: I did not think about things. that until you mentioned that there were there were had they had kind of like those uh, fold out chairs. Yeah, on, on Saturday I
2: was so damn hot because I wore jeans because I was yeah. sitting in the booth yeah. all day and I asked, "Hell, I'm like, do you guys have like pants or something over there? Can I? I'm gonna go buy a pair of right. uh, ascent pants or something just to, so my balls." <laughs> <end up. laughs> and he's like, "No, we just got beer." <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's exactly what they
1: did. That was so awesome. Last year you had Birch Barrel out there making food all day.
0: Yeah, things, we had like Birch that. Barrel was there last year. I noticed there were some vendors not there that yeah, were there last Everly
1: year. Yeah, Everly Stock, I didn't see them. and Mount, I
0: didn't see, Mountain Ops wasn't there, Ops, which was kind Birch of shocking. Yeah. 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 I wonder if gas prices have anything to do with some of those vendors not making that.
2: I mean, it, they got to.
0: I mean, that's I would think. what you, you're talking about. Diesel trucks pulling them things acro- across the country. That's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. I mean, you add in the cost of the booth, traveling from, let's say, Mountain Ops, I think are out of Utah, um, you know, driving, making that drive, that's a lot of money. Yeah. I don't blame yeah. them. Yeah. So hopefully that...
1: You'll goes. probably see them out at a Snowbird or Park oh, City. Yeah.
0: Well, I know some of the vendors do that. They'll pick and choose. Correct. You know, the, the bigger events. And I don't think we... Personally, I think we have one of the better events because we're not... Um, tied to the ski lift quantity. Mm-hmm. So like people don't realize when they haven't snowbird or, or in Bozeman and stuff, everything's on a ski lift. You're restricted. There's yeah. only so many times that lift can go up and down the mountain. It's finite. And there are only so many people they can put in the lift safely to go up and down the mountain. So you're, mm-hmm. you know, you do the math, you know, 50 people to a lift and you got, you know, 20 lifts a day. That's it. You're capped at that event. Nobody else can make it on the shoot because yeah. of the reason. And in Texas, it's pretty cool. They have tea times until 1 p.m. Um, and then after one, it's open shooting. Mm-hmm. You can come in there and sign up and go shoot anything you want. Mm-hmm. Um, the only stipulation is you got to be in before dark. So I know there were some guys leaving around three thirty. you know, and they're going to hustle their butt through a course. I mean, there was
1: somebody that I ran into actually Tom that shot with us at black rifle. He was getting ready to go out there at four.
0: Yeah. That's cutting it close. Yeah. But once again, I think with that being there in that, and you can, you can run a lot of bodies through that tournament, you know? Yeah it doesn't so, get dark till like 8 eight thirty 30 here yeah exactly so i think that's one of the advantages we have in texas not being ski lift driven yeah um i
1: think the other big advantage we have is that it's in texas
0: yeah, it was hot. It was. And it was actually beautiful in the mornings. It cloudy, rained. Cloudy, misty rain. Yeah, it was
2: great in the morning.
0: And then, and then by, then by one, about 1 o'clock. Once that's it, the once it one d-
2: dumped all that moisture and the sun came oh, out, it yeah. started cooking.
1: It was soggy on Saturday. Dude, it was hot. So it horrible. was bad. And I remember going to the going to the, the shop booth, and I was, talking,
0: <laughs>
1: I was talking to Courtney, and I said, Man, you know it's hot when the dude in the wheelchair that can't sweat starts sweating. <laughs>
0: like, like it, it was, is. It is it's toasty like, out here. It's just
2: humid. Yeah. It ain't the heat. It's the humidity.
0: Yeah. But it was a great shoot. It was an awesome shoot. Yeah. So what's um,
1: next? What's what coming up about? next? Bridger, well, you're off to, to Redding Ridge on Redding Thursday.
2: Here in a few days. Yep. That
0: term is that tournament going to be gonna be packed out, or do you think it'll be a little bit lower in yeah. attendance?
2: No. I think it'll still be pretty good. Because, they. I mean, they filled up on registration all the Did they really? Yeah. So it'll be right around 1,500 shooters like they normally have. So No kidding. I can't remember what the actual number cap number is on it now because they've to avoid the you know five six plus hour uh,
0: shooting days
2: shooting days. Yeah. Uh, they capped it at like I think twenty four people per target, and then each target has two groups. So you have an A and a B.
0: Gotcha. So you register 12 12. for a
2: target, and then you get twelve and twelve right. for two groups. You split once you get to your first target, but I mean hell. You know, you said you never wanted to go because it was always so long, but I've never, I've never had an issue with it being really? being that long. I remember one year I got off the course at like twelve thirty. Uh. twenty on Saturday we got off the course at twelve thirty. That's unheard of. And I remember because it, I mean, we shot our last target and it, like, I mean, started dumping rain. I mean, like my last target was an that's eleven one, yard that's bunny. That's unheard of too. <laughs> my last target was an eleven yard bunny target and. Like I could barely see the dot through my scope, and I was talking to Chance in the vendor village, waiting for it to stop raining. He's like, "Oh yeah, I was on Bigfoot during that." Oh shit! He said he's like, he said, he's like "I could barely see the dot." He shot a twenty-two on it, but he's like, "He said it was the coolest thing ever. You'd see all the vapor trails from the arrows arrows flying. flying, yeah,
0: cutting through because there's just so much water falling. Yeah, that's crazy, but, and that's unusual for Northern California that time of
2: up year. Up there, dude, it is hot." And, and dry, dry yeah. like it is yeah. here. Right. I, one thing, if you are picky about your bow being clean and stuff, like then don't go to that tournament because your bow <laughs> will never be the same when you get back unless you do the do the joke that Louis Holmes talked about where he takes the bow apart and puts it in the dishwasher. That is literally <laughs> the only way you will get all the everything dust off of that bow. It. Yeah, that's hilarious because it that your bow will turn half orange.
0: No kidding from all
2: the dust out there.
0: It's that's going to be a, but that is probably one of the what second. Probably the second most attended, largest tournaments in the world besides uh, uh, for besides an Vegas. Shoot for sure, yeah, it's a big for one. An
2: outdoor shoot, yeah. But there's, I mean, other than the the outlaw tour stuff, there's really nothing else like it. Yeah. So there's some courses that'll do the like the safari style where they'll shoot at the orange dots, but on right. the actual field or on the actual field butts.
0: So um, we talked about this a little bit. I think Bridger, you and I, I think discussed it driving home the other day. That you, know, you think east of the Mississippi, it's all ASA. It's all un- unknown or known three D, mm-hmm. um, you know, typical traditional type shooting. And you go west of the Mississippi, the Outlaw Tour you're talking about, which is based out of well, California, I mean, that's Washington, much Oregon. All
2: West Coast.
0: Yeah, it's all marked three D, mm-hmm. meaning you got an orange or a pink dot somewhere. Yeah,
2: I mean it's it's still field. It's just at a three D target. Right. Like they call it the Mark Three D Nationals for. At least the Reading Shoot specifically—it's called the Mark Three NFA Mark Three D Nationals or right. Reading Trail Shoot—but it's a field tournament. Like yeah. you shoot two arrows instead of four, and it's a three D target instead of a target butt. Right. Like it's—it's it's still a field shoot,
0: but it's got to be—it but it's cooler it's, than field.
2: Well, yeah, because I mean, I'm from Iowa. Like I don't got any hills and mountains and shit that I can shoot my bow on. <laughs> right. And out there, which. I mean, I've shot some very difficult field courses that are a lot more difficult and technical than the Reading one, but for 99% of guys, like that's the most technical course we'll shoot all year. Yeah.
0: So uh, do me a favor. Take a minute and talk the the listener through. When you say technical, what makes that course so technical?
2: Up and down hills, cutting yardages, figuring out when you got to add. Because, I mean, there are targets where I'll even add yardage or at least not take as big of a cut depending on what the angle is, side hills, uh, I mean, all your shit's gotta be on. Yeah. You can't it's not like a indoor shoot where if your arrows flying halfway straight, it doesn't matter, you know, what your sight level and all that shit looks right. like. Like Plus, if you're if you're seconds off, you're gonna you're screwed. If you're thirds off, you are definitely screwed out there.
0: I mean And don't I, and you also have different you're shooting in Canyons, so you got thermals to deal with yeah i mean D- different wind patterns and thermals as your arrows going
2: yes and no i mean it's not horrible but like the elk herd one of the hardest it's the hardest target out there yeah. arguably not only from a mathematical standpoint as far as what your uh margin of error is aiming at that dot but also i mean it's at the base of the mountain and like that whole canyon will just blow blow the wind straight down and then it's even further downhill, so we'll get crossing winds. The wind will be doing one thing up at the top of the mountain, and then the flags right next to the Target. vendor village, vendor because you're, we're shooting over or over the big open field, and then to our right, farther down the hill is the vendor village, and all the flags will be pointing straight up towards the targets <laughs> there. Then you'll look up the hill, and all the the trees and all the flags up there will be going the, the other direction. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's. It's tricky.
0: Crazy tricky.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah. The net, people don't realize that is crazy technical. So let me ask you a question. With the advent of the new, you know, with the, the arc in the range finders. So yeah. when you range a target, let's say, and it's on, a, let's say, a, I don't know, an 18 degree downward slope. You range it with your range is giving you the arc calculations. Mm-hmm. Are you still cutting yardage potentially on that target? Over and above what the range is giving you? Or at, are at you trusting the range runner?
2: At that tournament, no. There's nothing that extreme there. Okay. Gotcha. But, like, when I'd shoot, uh, like, there'd be a target or two at OPA where, you know, if it's a, if it's, like, a 40-yard target but it's at, like, a 30-plus degree angle, like, especially with the target bow, like, you got to think that shooting a target bow with a, a spring steel rest, something that has a little bit of flex to it. Right. When your arrow is just sitting on it perfectly level, it's deflecting that little that blade a certain amount. Well, if you start pointing straight up or straight down, you know, you're you're getting that arrow's not pushing into the rest as hard. So you'll end up having to cut more. You know, and and even going uphill, like less for me, as long as it's less than about fifteen degrees, then I can't take as much of a cut. And generally that, you know, as far as going uphill, not taking as much of a cut, usually that's just the human error side of it. Like you're generally going to want to dip a little bit more. So like I always, for me, I always just say, if I'm pointing uphill, I take 75% of the cut. So if it's a 30 yard target with a one yard cut, so normally it'd be 29, 29. I'll shoot it for like between 29 and a half or uh, yeah, between 29 and a half and 29 and a quarter. So I'm not taking as much downhill for the most part. It's almost always on.
0: Almost always on. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah that's interesting because I was always hear that sometimes you do go above or beyond what your rangefinder is reading. Yeah,
2: and I mean the rangefinder and Gillingham will be the first to tell you like that rangefinder is not always accurate. Mathematically, it is accurate, but it doesn't take into effect. Like I said, the, your launch angle off your rest, right? You know, when you start pointing uphill and downhill, the way your bars balance is going to be completely oh, different Yeah, yeah. because your body. that weight's getting closer together and yeah. off on, on two totally different axes. So, the way you hold your bow is different, uh, which is why I have, you know, making sure your third is correct, making sure your second's correct, well, and I, all that stuff <clears throat> is crazy.
0: Important. So, I've shot some pretty crazy ranges like that, even out here at Eagle Lake, where they to mm-hmm. hold worlds all the time. Mm-hmm. You got some 30 degrees out there, some bad ones, and... I, if I go to that shoot, like if I was going to Reading, I would literally shorten my drone like the half an inch. Cause shooting yeah, a hinge, so- I can't make that thing go when I'm at that height of an angle. Mm-hmm. It sucks. Yeah,
2: they, I mean, there's very few targets out there that are like that. That bad. But the couple that are, like the, I think it's possums, possums or weasels, something right, whatever, right before the canyon bears that everybody complains about. Uh, it used to be like a forty something yard target. That would be the longest backup on the course. That's why they changed that target from a forty it was it used to be like a forty five yard antelope at a fairly decent sized dot, about the size of a coffee mug. And that was the longest wait on the course. Longer than Bigfoot, longer because than Candy Because angle. of the angle on it, and it was hard so hard to aim at. Like you're <laughs> you're standing on a little shelf and you literally can't put your like you can't pull your bow straight out because of the, the the dirt wall right in front of you really that you're pointing over top of so then the wind's catching you all kinds of funky on the side of the so you can't make there your hat on you can't get a canyon. shot to go off can't get them to go off like you're pointing i don't know that target's probably i don't know like 20 degrees yeah which it's probably closer to like between 20 and 25 now if you're pointing at the top end or you know the top line of, of weasel targets right but yeah, like they, they've edited the course a little bit just to help with flow and
0: everything like so that. So you don't but, have the backups. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. That's crazy.
2: But I mean, there's there's still very few targets that are like so insanely technical. Not nothing like the old uh, uh what was it, the pro series that they used to have over in Europe where there's that famous picture of the the guy shooting at the target at the top of the, the they're standing at the bottom of the quarry shooting at the target yeah, yeah, like yeah, up yeah, at the yeah, top yeah. of the rock face. Yeah. There's nothing quite like that, but I mean, there's still some difficult targets out there.
0: So, uh, you you made a comment the other day that you can't believe no one has actually ever cleaned.
2: Yeah, right. I mean, I, so I you understand. think you think
0: that course is cleanable?
2: A thousand percent. No shit. I mean, it's doesn't mean it's not hard. <laughs> <laughs> you know, usually if you got a guy that you're so your yard guessing, is
0: real quick, shortest to longest. Where are they?
2: Uh, shortest target now is three yards. And the longest target's bigfoot at one hundred and one,
0: one hundred and one. And so, you think that variation is cleanable?
2: Yeah, because okay. well, pe- yeah, people don't that- realize.
0: Talk through real quick. Your your orange dot size yeah, so is in if, conjunction with your your target size and yardage, your, correct? Distance, correct? Most, your distance more than anything.
2: So, if if anybody's familiar with shooting NFAA field, ninety percent of the targets will follow the like the orange dot size will correspond with the, the NFAA five, right? ring. so you know it's a 65 millimeter target out to like 60 yards or right, 60 right. or 70 yards whatever it is and then the only one that's different is the three yarder now and bigfoot bigfoot yeah yeah so like the elk herd would shooting the dot on the elk herd would be like shooting a five on the 80 yard target that's tough in nfa field yeah. but, what was that but at 88 yards
1: that three-yard one's gonna be tough too because
0: it's but, a big, isn't it because we'll there's no ten well, I don't so think the Tim's first, gonna be able to put his
2: bow up. The first year they had it, uh, two years ago, we shot at it and it was the size of a dime. No and then no last, kidding. yeah, I missed one because that because well, what's weird at three yards? Like you're so damn close to that target. We had just sighted in on the last bunny target of the the team shoot deal mm-hmm. on Thursday, and or on Wednesday or Thursday. And I just sighted in a arrow hole while I was pointing downhill. Right. When we shoot at that target, it's perfectly straight, and I ended up shooting like an eighth inch underneath it mm-hmm. on my first arrow. So and big as a dime. It was a dime. So yeah. now it's a little bit bigger. It's about not quite as big as a quarter, maybe a nickel. Yeah. Maybe you want to get technical, but I mean, hell, I. Just it's still started, tiny. I just started bringing twenty sevens with me. <laughs>
0: I just just carry for that shot, yeah. you would carry an arrow just for that shot. I
2: carry two twenty sevens in my quarter, Yeah. No side kidding. It. Yeah. Just sight in with it. Sight like in on is. the because usually we're far enough. By the time you get to the last target on the yeah on the team shoot or You're talking, line draw shoot or whatever, yeah. or I'll just shoot at a narrow hole and get it sighted in. Look at where my right. where my sights set on. And just, just make remember. sure you have it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So yeah, because if you most guys are shooting a one sixty six, you know, micro. I'm Yeah, assuming, most or guys co-tours. like. An,
2: yeah, most, most popular out there is going to be like a Pro Tour or an X10. An X10, yeah. Pro Tour, X10, Nano. X Impacts. X or Revelations.
0: Something so like the, that. a 27 gives you almost three times, four times. Yeah. The, well, the size I just
2: didn't want to miss it again. Well, yeah, because that's like a killer. Big old, I felt like a big old dummy. Yeah. Well, how yeah. the year that Domi won because he, t- he tied with – who won last year? Was it Perkins? He tied with Perkins or Stefan or whoever it was that won yeah. last year. Uh, the year before when he won, he one of the points he missed was on that three yard. <laughs> Are you kidding wow. me? Yeah, yeah that was the first mean, year that we had. That makes game. you cry. Oh, dude, you feel like the biggest dummy. Yeah. Ever missing a three yard fucking target,
0: <laughs> <laughs> which
2: is why I started bringing twenty sevens because right. I didn't
0: want to feel like that big of a dummy anymore. Yeah, exactly. Let's take the because variable the, away.
2: Yeah, the first year it was just a pinup target, and it was just like an actual paper target with two. I mean, they were fucking small.
0: Yeah. Hmm.
2: Super, super small. Yeah. I mean they were it so, was no bigger than the the, the dial, dial on our
0: podcast on our podcast you yeah.
2: did there. But,
0: so I, I've been saying this now for the last two years, three years. I mean, are the archers getting that good? Is the equipment getting that good or are the courses not getting hard enough? Because some of these scores are being posted nowadays in, in any venue. In any I mean, I they're high.
2: At least in Reading, I I think that's still one of the I, for me, it's the most fun I have shooting my bow in a competitive setting. You know, if you want to talk about like ASA, because the last two shoot-offs you had to shoot damn near 50 up to make. Yeah, dude, you're when missing five year, targets. Yeah, when last year uh, the average fifth-place score was between 30. 38 and 40 right. to make the shoot down. And now it's like it's jumped almost like six or eight points right. this year so far. Um,
0: You and I noticed on the course, I don't know if you've noticed it, because I know Jason and I, I know I've been paying attention to it. There are a lot of guys shooting 27s this year. Yeah. A lot lot of guys. A lot more. More Mm -hmm. than I've seen before. The 23s actually taking a back seat to the 27s, 25s. Um, But I don't know. I just, I sit there and think that to that point, you get some guys missing only three to five bonus rings a tournament now, or Mm -hmm. a scoring round. It's getting too damn easy. I mean, how do we make the sport a little harder not saying, and I mean, it's only easy for that top, let's know, say but,
2: 10%. I mean, they've had the same stipulation or same type of argument with golf, and guys have been shooting in the 60s for the last 40 fucking years, True. swinging golf clubs. And that was back when, yeah, back when Arnold Palmer was swinging a, a wooden, literally a wooden wood. Yeah, a
0: wooden wood. You yeah. know,
2: guys, yeah, there's more guys that can hit a 300 yards now, just yeah. like there's more guys that can shoot a 300 on a Vegas face now. Right. But, I don't know. I don't really know that the top-end scores have changed that much. I guess in the known pro division with us, they have, but nobody else. Right. You know, and then, you know, we're talking about Redding. Jesse shot that uh, course record at two down.
0: Gosh, Gosh that's been 10, that. 12 years ago Probably now. Probably
2: Yeah, it's been a while. Like, mm-hmm. it's been a long time since yeah. he did it. And it's since he was shooting a Hoyt, and that was before he was shooting Hoyt before he went to it's Matthews. Matthews. He went right. Back to Hoyt, right, right, right. So, I mean, it's been a while, and the last two years, it's been five down. Yeah. You know, usually three to five down wins that tournament.
0: That's damn good shooting, though. I mean,
2: uh, yeah, obviously it's impressive, That's but it's really not impressive. like I don't know. To me, it, that tournament, I like it because it is crazy technical, and if you you have to shoot well, and your equipment has to be
0: really good, for perfect, really Almost. good, yeah.
2: Because there is, why do you think I show up to that tournament with like forty fucking side tapes, <laughs> every one of them within you know a, a half a right. half a foot per second difference? Because right. that's the last thing I want
0: to. Do, do they have? Are, are there people. service trailers out there? Is, is Lancaster out there? So
2: Lancaster's usually not there, but Shrewd, uh, especially most most everybody else is there. But With
0: Lancaster not being there, you did really you better they, take they, everything. They've never, you never need. gone to that tournament. Yeah, you get you better have everything you need then. Yeah,
2: for the most part, uh, And there is one. Decent bow shop in Redding.
0: Yeah, that so, will have, we'll have some. stuff. That will have
2: some stuff, but I mean, not near as much target stuff as we have. But for the most part, you can get everything you'd need. Out is there. your um,
0: is your glass scope and everything set up hypercritical for that shoot?
2: Yes and no. I think most guys just shoot their normal field setup. Most guys would shoot like either a green pin or a dot, yeah, of some sort, like an up pin, right? You know, maybe just run like I'm running. Uh, I run a black dot with a green fiber through it,
0: bro. He's so, hey, Brid, did you hear what he did? No, for real, dude. So, homeboy, we're at we're at TAC on Sunday. I think it was Sunday morning. Sunday, yeah, yeah. So, I see Bridge over there taking a scope apart. I'm like, what the hell is he doing? We're at TAC. He's leaving in less than five effing days for for Reading. So I'm watching him, and I'm not asking, bugging him, but I'm watching him. He's got his sight scope, his ultra view tore apart. And then he about thirty five minutes later he walks up and goes check this shit out. <laughs> well, I, he took the, the last, time. The well, last what size figure. is that dot? 29,000? I don't
2: know whatever the smallest gunstar dot
0: is. The smallest gunstar I think is nineteen.
2: It's bigger than nineteen because I'm like, I got a is it fiber? It's so, fr- roughly probably a twenty
0: nine. It's probably a, a twenty nine. It's, Ru- it's roughly yeah. a millimeter. But like t-
2: I, I'd, I'd always shot a green fiber out there, but I always get fucked on the white targets yeah and there's exactly. one white target that always screws me and it's the it's like a 46 Is it right or 50 up? it's i think it's 59 yard goats right next to the road right and they always fuck me every year i will all, almost always shoot one out to the right or one underneath it every year but dude shooting that green fiber at a white target like bleeds that, out it will bleed out and you know if i'm covering enough of the dot because i'm only shooting a four for that so i don't look like i'm yeah, doesn't look like, like Michael like J. Your... Fox's sight picture,
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: but normally that target will always jack me up. So yeah. I, I wanted to have it so I could see the fiber all the
0: time. So you use a toothpick. Talk yeah. To, so I, you got to hear I what you it. did.
2: I so I stuck the dot on, and there's a etched lens, so yeah. I knew where center where center was. was. Yeah. And I took a whittled down a toothpick and poked a poked a hole through the through the dot, and then put the fiber in, bro. I'm doing good. it to Chuck, mine. Chuck's been doing that. I'm doing it to mine for.
0: Ridge. I'm doing it to mine for 3D because even on blonde targets out there, I will. Yeah, I'll lose. i lose.
2: I had I had like a dark green dot that looked really good, but and granted, standing out here on all this fucking collegiate in the parking lot, yeah, it's and you so, can't so bright, anything, right? But I don't know. I just I like that. It is a it's great black dot idea. With
0: yeah, it is a looks black good. dot with a green fiber through it. It looks amazing. There's no way he's not going to have a reference to aim at, regardless of what the color of the target is. Yeah, you know, so I could just leave much. the dot off. I mean, that's, target
2: or...
1: that's how I shot Indoor last year. But I did a, a black dot with that flow green the, dot the, in the, the middle. At Yeah.
0: And you had a, a post. You were off of a post. So mm-hmm. you your, no? No,
1: no it, I, just, I just ran those two on an, on an ultra view, And those uh, purple bulbs in there, for some reason, make that green pop. But I was having the same issue when I was shooting a, like an NFAA target. Yeah. I was losing the green dot and the white oh, yeah, in uh, the white target. Same thing with the Vegas; it was a little blurry to see. Yeah. So I just put that. I put like a two mil uh, black dot and a one mil green dot, and it was perfect.
0: Oh, you put in dot to dot in, in inter. inner yep. sight. Yeah. Gotcha. Yep. That
1: makes and sense. And it and it and it worked because sometimes I'd take a little bit longer to shoot a five spot, and if my light goes out have, while I'm at full draw, I can still see. I yeah. saw so I have that blacked out in the green one. So as yeah.
0: well, I'll tell you yeah. that fiber that he built around his looks, it looks, awesome. Dude, that's, that's genius. Yeah. I mean, it, it is genius. Good. It looks, really it works. Good. I mean, I seen it. And I was like, I shot.
1: just shoot a blue dot For me, a blue fiber works the best.
0: One of the great ideas of Deaton has it.
2: I mean, bad. I, I'd love to take credit for that as being the first one, but Chuck, when Chuck was still with feather vision, he'd done the bi-spectral dots for a long time. Did he really? Yeah. They would etch the lens and then have, and then drill through it and be able to put a fiber.
0: I think uh, where Clear Target has that now. Clear Target has them where ones.
1: they're where they're actually like molded into the lens. Yeah,
2: that's what Chuck was doing with his. They would they would etch the glass, fill it with black paint,
1: mm-hmm. and, and then, then drill
2: then, back through it. Yeah. Just I mean, drill through the paint
1: but. and then fill it with green something.
2: Yeah. Well, his it was just etched black on the lens, so mm-hmm. you could run a black run it as a black dot, but then you can also insert the fiber.
0: But that lens is always etched black. It never goes away. Right. Because right. it's built into the lens. Yeah. 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 So you can't take it on and off. Yours you can remove if you want to. Yeah,
2: it's just a dot. It's a dot. It's just yeah. stuck on there.
0: Yeah. That's, I think, a little bit more practical because you can, now you, you, know, you oh, can mean, use I your lens for my, anything.
2: I change my shit all the time. My, <laughs> my aim and aperture and stuff. You have
0: yeah. to. Yeah. Depending on you're Mess around. I mean,
1: I shot fantastic at, at Minden and I just changed my setup.
0: Yeah, you're
2: an idiot. Well, and I change mine all the time, too. Because, like, for field field and hunter faces, like, I can't. The red or the, the green fiber looks great on a field face because I'm aiming in the middle of a black dot. Black dot. dot. I always right. see it. Right. But I always struggled shooting at the hunter round. Mm-hmm. Because I can't. Yeah, I'm putting green over white, and I it lose it all the time. If I'm standing in the sun at all, that fiber is usually gone. It's gone. Or at least washed out enough to where it's, I'm trying to aim off a smudge. Yeah. So, I always run a red fiber for for field field round so this way i can just pop that fiber out put this one in it.
0: hell yeah dude that's a great idea like i said i'm doing it to mine because that way you don't ever have to worry by, about it but
2: he's doing it to his that means i'm doing it to his yeah exactly. he's like more bridger's more you know. doing it for me <laughs> the
0: more you know yeah, it was genius though i'm kidding when i looked at it i was like holy shit this well i, is I wandered badass. around for like
2: 15 minutes trying to figure out if i could like, I like
0: steal it. a
2: safety pin for somebody <laughs> or whatever to figure out how to put the damn you know, fl- the fiber through, fiber through the, little, the dot. Yeah. yeah.
0: So it's funny you say that. That's exactly what you'd need is like a safety pin or a, a I needle.
2: Whittled, I just took a knife and whittled down the toothpaste.
0: <laughs> you can do but that a needle you can just, would have been awesome.
2: Yeah,
1: you'd take a syringe. Yeah, syringe, syringe would work. Yeah. Absolutely.
2: You know, I've got a lot of buddies that are running around with syringes.
0: There you go. <laughs> pro, <laughs> pro tour I, tip I carry, of the week. Yeah. I mean, that's, seriously, that's a great idea. I think it needs to be someone, you know, like, if you're having that issue, that is an easy fix. That's the, one thing that we do a lot in the shop. Oh,
1: is get creative with equipment. I I finally started giving into it. Like well, your, how, your shit how does not know if it's not exactly work. your shit does not have to be to spec. Yeah, you make true. it you make no. it to where
0: it works for you. I think Paige did a great post the other day where she showed uh, group tuning, group tuning versus paper tuning, and the disparity between the two. Yeah, no one would argue the fact that you would shoot that one uh, had that group look like you could put it in a quarter. Correct, but yet had the worst paper tear. Did you
1: see her last two videos? Uh-uh. So her last two videos were two shots because they shot that Fresno um, hunters quarter yeah, or thing. whatever. Yeah. So one video showed her arrow coming out, and I think the one of the veins clipped her scope housing, and you can see it kick down and flying and going out. And the next one, you see her arrow come out of the bow, and it kicks high left. But it hits right behind the pin, and she said, "Yeah, it's gonna fly like like dog shit." But it's hitting where where it needs to be because that's how she group tuned it.
0: Yeah, and
1: I think a lot of people get get sidetracked. Like I, I hear it a lot here. Oh, it happens. Um, oh man, I saw my arrow fly, and it it's flies flying like, like crap. shit. Well, if you're seeing your arrow fly, you're that's doing something half wrong. Problem. Probably doing something. Else yeah, around. you're you're yeah. probably dropping your arm or peeking around to or, see. Correct. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, there's no,
0: and this is funny you say that. There, and Greg Copeland, a good friend of mine, old guy like me, but he'll get guys with the bear shaft tuning and everything else. They'll literally go out to 70 yards and drive a group like the size of a soda pop can or, you know, a quarter. Mm-hmm. But yet their, their bear shaft will be off a half an inch and they'll change it. It just blows my effing mind. It's like, dude, you have lost your ever loving marbles yeah. if you make, a, make an adjustment to that. Um, or the same thing, Jesse had tuned Paige's bow one day and was driving tax at 40 with a hunting bow and just hammering. And I told him don't Don't. paper tune it. And I should have never said that because then he goes and does it and it's, it's not a good tear. It's not going to be. And I'm like, bro, then, you know, and then he starts to change it. He ended up changing bows because of it. He didn't Mm. like, he, it just makes no sense. I mean, I get mine, my, I will hardly ever get a clean, perfect bullet hole out of my bow. Um because when after I get done messing with it to do what I want it to do, I just I don't even look at it. Well anymore. you start there and build from there. Yeah, yeah I start from there. Start, it's a starting like, point. I think we've The problem is most guys start there, adjust to, to group tune or to walk back to everything to else and then they go back to it and it's not where they want it and they freak the fuck out. And now they now comes this, uh, the the week long headache of trying to make those two things perfect and they that's when we get them, and oh God, it's, it's, you know, Well,
2: I mean, it just depends on what you're doing. If you're trying to hit the same spot every time in a row, and you're never going to shoot anything but field points or gluing points. Yeah. Like, adjust your bow so it Agreed. you get the end result that you want. Right, mm-hmm. right. If you're shooting broadheads, then that process is slightly different. Correct. Because the end result isn't, I want to shoot a group the size of a quarter of 40 yards. Yeah. It's, I want to hit within an inch of my pin when I release the arrow with a broadhead on the end of it every right. time yeah different ball and those are it's process is very similar but they are two different things
0: yeah big time yeah no it's it, i'm just glad that she did that i'm glad that she posted i thought that it was you know because she has enough influence that people may look at that and go okay maybe this is i need to quit worrying about it because we talk we preach about it all the time mm-hmm. i don't give a shit where you're both shooting group tuning it low left at seven o'clock in the black we can move the site Back over exactly and it's simple but if you can get that group that way and you you're 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 shooting the way it needs to be yeah and instead of you know worrying about that score um there's a cool video i mean there's a cool post that she made about that i was so glad to see that happen
1: yep i think a lot of people learned a lot from it and you're going to probably see a lot of people we, more doing it. we yeah. hope
0: it makes our job here in the shop a hell of a lot easier if people do embrace that and listen to it. That is the good internet. Because I always, I always love the guy that walks in and he's got a half a dozen arrows in his quiver and one of them's got no veins on it. I'm thinking right away, God, this is going to be a nightmare. <laughs> this is going to be no fun. Yeah. You know, I only. to the point I don't even argue with him. I don't even bring it up. But, and you know, until they get to the point that they need to be told, dude, just shut up and shoot your bow.
1: Good internet
0: versus bad internet. Yeah. God dang, dude. It's crazy. I Always say I have a saying. I'm going to use the internet to kill the internet. But anyway, oh, Jay, we got got a rock and roll. We done?
1: Yeah, we. I mean, we'll we'll touch back after reading.
0: Yeah, see how Bridger doesn't Redding. Hopefully, last year you won the team shoot with yeah Domi. Domi, Domi
2: and I clean the team round. Uh,
0: Defending team champion. Yeah, boy. So
2: hopefully, we'll hopefully we'll be at least be able to do that. So. See that again?
0: You shooting with him again? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah,
2: shooting with Domi again. So.
0: That'd I'd, be I'd, awesome. I'd, then I'd, try to win the damn thing. You never know. We'll see. But how you shooting?
2: Uh, I mean, my bow's shooting good. It's just tough because like uh, there's a bunch of people that have been out there for the last week. Well, yeah, they like, shot a big tournament this they weekend. They shot that Fresno, uh, Fresno Outlaw shoot. And for me, it's just tough because I really the only chance I get to shoot any sort of hills and aim at orange dots and stuff is you know Wednesday, Thursday before the tournament. Yeah, <laughs> so. exactly. It's it's kind of scramble mode the first day or so when you're there, but I don't know. Hopefully, uh, I mean, hopefully, both shooting good enough. I yeah. don't have to worry about it too much. So that's cool.
0: Then after yeah. that, we're going to. Are you going to the Southwest Shootout that Paris is putting on?
2: I, I, I don't
0: know. you don't know yet.
2: I think so. Probably.
0: Yeah, May twenty and twenty one. They're holding um because we don't have a tournament this month. Yeah, um, no ASA. Answer. So no. Paris, Texas is putting on a Southwest Shootout that I heard a lot of a lot of guys are going to a lot of people are gonna to go to it.
1: you got that then you, we have a local shoot at the end of the we month got a local
0: Trinity yeah that benefit shoot, but correct that I think that southwest shoot that's gonna be pretty well attended. I know there's over three hundred archers already, which is yeah kind of cool, I mean really cool,
1: yeah, you get that Because then we after that we
0: got back to back, so you got London in the first of the month and metropolis London, at the end of the metropolis month. yeah which G1, i don't
1: yeah. I'm still not at hundred percent on London. Oh, I'm not going it's too far, yeah, it sucks
2: no too way. far it it's. Two hours farther than
0: that. Two Metropolis. hours is.
1: Well, the, the thing is oh just, my God, just no, turning no. around and doing it twice in a you month. Know, he
0: says it all the time, but my, my phone. Look it up to I'm the venue. To, it is 16 hours and 22 right here, minutes. To London, Kentucky.
2: 16 hours and 15 minutes.
0: My phone tell me says, wrong. God, it's taking forever. Yeah. 16 hours and 28 minutes. So that turns into, you know, as well as I do, that's 18 hours. 18 hours. It's an hour and a half. Variance. Maybe with old man bladders. With, with, <laughs> an hour. Shit, dude, I got Just, there in like 15 and a half hours. Put a bunch here. of Gatorade, bo- well, Gatorade yeah, bottles, bottles in the car. You know what he car. did, though? I, know, I remember you left like in the I bulk, left at like, in middle of the night. Middle I left of night. at like 7 o'clock. Yeah, drove. and then drove all freaking night long. Yeah. I remember you telling us, like that's why he made it so fast. I used
1: to do that when I was, like, when I was 18, 19. I used yeah. to take off at midnight from Savannah, Georgia, and get down to Brownsville, Texas night. at like, Three o'clock in the afternoon, the next Heck thing. yeah. But Heck yeah. Yeah. So London at the beginning of the month, Metropolis for sure. I'll be there at the
0: end of, yeah. of June. What's uh, crazy, dude? This year's flying by I pretty soon. We're, we're more than halfway done. And it's crazy to yeah. think
2: that. We've only got three left. Three left. Three ASAs left.
0: Yep. That's it. And then
1: that's yeah. the only thing that motivates me. And I don't know for me.
0: Um, so, by the way, real quick. So, you are a FIDA USA guy no well i mean you were i was until now I saw you're coming light. back into this so i got a question what do you think between the two organizations Now you've had a pretty much almost a full season
1: yeah that's not even a question yeah asa yeah yeah i mean why why am i going to go sit under the sun for four hours and roast when i can go hang out in the woods with a bunch of guys yeah uh, that didn't sound right um <laughs> <laughs> go hang out go hang out in the woods with a bunch of cool people yeah. and yeah the not
2: ha- it's definitely a different
1: atmosphere the people are, are very welcoming very receptive uh i have not found it inaccessible i think mike terrell and the crew have done a fantastic job, job at accommodating yeah. and there's only two of us um and I'm, I'm hoping that more people out there can listen to this and be like hey you know what i want to go do it yeah it's not impossible
0: well, I mean, wow. what about organizational difference? The big. You see a big difference between the, just the organizations and what they do for the shooters. And yeah,
1: I mean, I, I'm, I not really, try, I'm not trying to tell you to throw U.S.A. No, 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 bus, no, But no, but I, I do see A.S.A. doing a lot more for the shooters.
2: A.S.A. listens to the shooters. A
1: correct. More.
2: Yeah. On okay. top
1: of that, it's it's a lot more welcoming. You know, I I decided to shoot pro this year, and and I was scared on my mind the first tournament. It's been very welcoming. Yeah. It's been very cool. Uh, awesome experience, learning from the best.
0: Yeah, it's so. it's it's. Awesome. I mean, that's, I've always said it's a better organization by far. Yeah, the only and thing... It, that, and it still has its flaws.
1: Correct. But the only thing that I do miss is the international stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, getting to go... That is the one thing that, that I do enjoy doing. The the whole world archery thing is when it's an international shoot. Right. I don't want to go and sit in, in Gainesville, Florida and roast for four hours. Gee. But I do want to travel so and I'm ask go, question, go somewhere and that's else. It's
0: weird because I know I, we've seen Steve and Linda in Menden. Mm-hmm. And that same week, they were running one of the it was a world championship italia the yeah world, but that was a, a
1: that was a self-funded so a Bridger's self-funded done it you, Cup, yeah. you guys did three funded one one self-funded
2: I, it changes every year bro it I might be it. two self-funded the first year the first year i went so 2014 when i was on the team and won finals the only one that was funded was china everything mm-hmm. else like the first china was funded then turkey was like 40% or 50% funded and then Poland, like they gave us like a thousand bucks and we had to cover everything else. And then World Cup final, it was 100% fund, yeah. self-funded. So like I had to World pay for- World
0: Cup finals.
2: World Cup final was 100%. Self-funded. And you qualified on the, the team to the, make
0: it and everything. The and only thing
2: I had paid for was World Archery paid your hotel room.
0: That's it. But so, I,
2: I, still had to, I still had to pay for another hotel room because my mom came
0: Because your mom came with you. So question- do they not have the money or do they have the money? They're just not funding the shooters. That's mind boggling to me. I, don't know. I mean, we can, we I mean, can it's, it's different spend now. Two hours all
2: kinds of co- convoluted because of the uh, like direct athlete support program that right. they have now. Um, a bunch of other stuff, but like 20, 2015, everything, like I got everything paid for. Yeah. Like I,
0: you would think that if you make the team that they would fund a hundred percent of all the tournaments that you are required to go to, to, represent right
2: mm-hmm. well they so they would for some of the recurves not all I don't want to like say that oh, the recurvers are the golden childs but yeah a lot of that funding always came from USOC, and they had certain stipulations about who could and couldn't receive that money based on the compound what guys was you guys and wasn't screwed. allowed into the Olympics yeah. correct at the time yeah but I mean the, so the last few years ever since they started that direct athlete support program now, I don't know what pool of money all that stuff's coming out of yeah And they've since changed how it works because people were taking advantage of the program and not going to shoots and all kinds of other stuff. But like I think it was fifteen or sixteen. Like if you made basically if you made the team, you got an eight hundred and fifty dollar check every month, plus like a two or three hundred dollar stipend when you got to the World Cups, plus them paid for. So I I think that was twenty fifteen. Right. So like when that when they had that, it was like Peachy Keen. It was great. Yeah. But because there was a couple people that like would make the team and then opt out of going to the World Cups, they would still get paid the direct athletes because they were on the team, that's, but then not go to yeah. the World Cups and not, you know, not That's taking advantage. The yeah, that's taking advantage. And then the fifth guy, you know, that took the spot of somebody, since they weren't, quote unquote, on the team, they would only get partial funding. Right. So, I don't know why. That like, sucks. I don't know how all that stuff has changed since then. I know they've cut the, like, monthly pay stuff way down and bumped the... The stipend that you get when you go to the World Cup to encourage people to actually show up,
0: but, but at the end of the day, on top of that, though, you're not winning the money.
2: The yeah. only way you make money money at World Cups is if you have a contract where you're getting paid to show up to tournaments, and if you make World Cup final,
0: that's it. Yeah. Other than that, you ain't making the crap. Not really. You could win a, you, gotta, you could win a qualifying tournament you think, you were,
2: to make World Cup final. You got to go to at least one. Well, at least now. You can only go to one World Cup and still make final because you get an auto win if right. you if you win a stage, then you automatically get a spot. Right. Before when I when I won finals, there there was no win and in like you had to shoot the entire season to get enough World Cup rank points to be in the top seven. You had to be top seven, not eight, because the eighth seed always goes to the host country. So I had to get go to all the World Cups, get top seven. I paid to go to most of them. And then to stay on the World Cup team for the second half of the season, if, say, you were within, like, you were two points out of being in the top 10. If you weren't in the top 10 in World Cup points and you dropped out of the rankings at home because you still had to go to all the world, or all the USATs right. to keep the rolling ranking up. So you could technically fall out of the rolling ranking, but if you weren't in top 10 in World Cup points, then you wouldn't get a go. That's yeah, it's, dude, it's a pain in the butt. So you could be player. like just out of the top 10 and not be able to go because yeah. you fell, off, you know, say you fell to fifth place Yeah, in the rolling ranking, which I, I mean, I think the rolling ranking is a good system. It always helps us send the best teams there. Right. But from an individual standpoint, it's makes it a little bit harder. Yeah. But so you got to pay to go to all the USATs, which those are fifteen hundred dollars a piece at least usually. Yeah, yeah. Then you got to pay to go to the World Cups, so earn World Cup points, and then you got to pay to get the World Cup final, so that you can. You and then you got to win at least one match just to make the top four. Mm-hmm. And if you say you win your, say you win your uh, uh, first match, lose your semi match, lose your bronze bronze medal match, you get zero dollars. Zero dollars. Top so, four but people if, on the face of the planet shooting shooting against each other over the course of an entire season, and if you get fourth place, you get
0: nothing. Off. Well, so what's crazy about that? If you win, you take all the expenses that were paid throughout that entire season at sat World Cup level, and then finals, you're still you're probably not ahead, are you?
2: Uh, I mean, once you take into account like contingency and all that stuff, you yeah. think you're ahead? Yeah. I mean, I got because like World Cup final check it actually pays. Like first place for World Cup finals, twenty or thirty grand, just from you, just from world archery. Mm-hmm. But you think you're you got to spend all that in stuff. all reality, you do. You are spending twenty plus thousand dollars, yeah, to go to the USATs, to go to all the World Cups, to make World Cup final.
0: To and Norway you're getting that is if you win. Yeah, if you're getting it back. That's as crazy.
2: far as like like getting paper.
0: Yeah. Instead, just, just go to ASA, that. spend three hundred bucks, and win t- thirty. You know, in I two mean, days. In all re-
2: your return your your r o i is not important from u s a to I, ASA. ASA is just hilarious,
0: yeah it's crazy that is crazy. so
2: much less expensive to yeah. go to I think I enjoy that competitive setting a lot more puts more weight on every arrow you shoot, not that yeah. they aren't important now, but right like especially now they dropped it to three minutes like you are fucking rapid fire now yeah. with that new three minute rule right. three and minutes for know. six arrows yeah. <sighs> I mean, most of us are finishing in three minutes, anyways. But that's like normal pace, right? Now, and you want to have enough time to maybe like let down if you got bad arrow or gust of wind, gust of wind. Like yeah. you're you're you're
1: pushing the envelope.
2: Through, you're pumping through
1: arrows. Yeah. Yeah. You say that, and I'm I'm over here laughing. I'm I'm you know, not laughing, but I'm thinking, man, I feel bad for the guys that can't load arrows on my side of the field. But yeah, you're screwed. They well, can't so load so arrows they, fast for enough.
2: para's, it's still four. They really? only change it for able body.
1: How the hell do they manage a full field when everybody's shooting?
2: They well for USA they just said no. And they're just doing four minute a four minute run clock.
1: Gotcha. So it's only at World cups It's only
2: a, only at World Events that we'll see it.
1: Got it. Huh. That's weird. Because they that dropped it wild. from
2: forty seconds an arrow average to thirty for World Cup events. So Which indoor it's a minute and a half. Uh outdoor it's uh three minutes.
1: Yeah. I mean, you're you're totally right. I I remember finishing my six arrows in an end and still having a full minute, if not right, more, left over. Like
2: having that full minute. Like if you're shooting normal pace and you don't have to let down, you're finishing with you know like a minute, minute fifteen yeah. left at a normal pace. Right, but that if the wind you is howling down one. Or- one or two times, right? Well, I guarantee, yeah, you'll be you, able to you, get all your stuff. You go
0: out there and throw that on. that twenty mile an hour wind, crosswinded Arizona, or something. Oh yeah, you're screwed like, to pooch, bro.
2: No,
1: I can imagine shooting at the beach in Antalya. Yeah. You getting that that yeah. awesome well, breeze
2: Well was nice there. Like Antalya, the field was it was up. It was probably I don't know, three quarters to a full mile away from the beach, mm-hmm. so it was just hot as balls. <laughs> yeah. But it, usually the weather there was super nice. I shot yeah. a three fifty nine there one year. Nice. Like missed one, yeah. thank God, because I shot like an asshole in the second. Half. <laughs> but, but yeah, the 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 actual finals venue was right there on the beach. Yeah, and it yeah it would be
0: windy. Mm-hmm. Well, I knew Jason. I knew you would. I, and I think we've been you've been blessed because it's been we've had some good courses. You've had zero as for getting around, and I always wanted that for you to shoot ASA because I yeah. know it's probably that was one of my fears for you doing it. Um, it's been
1: awesome no and, and and it is awesome i think i was scared of it at the beginning yeah i didn't i didn't know how it was going to be right Um and therefore i do i just sit here and be you know, like man this shop is straight up 3d yeah like, you guys should come out and shoot with us now i'm like no dude you guys need to come out you need to come out shoot say. 3D. Uh,
0: exactly
1: yeah it's know. it's been good so we'll see what happens um you know i'm still waiting on a couple of things i might be going to gator cup at the end of this month yeah um if if that goes off i think It'll be cool because I, I'm gonna push to try and make uh, the pan American Games in Chile. I think it's in Chile or mm-hmm. Peru in November. So, cool. If that happens, I'm gonna be busy as hell.
0: Yeah, you're gonna be an archery fanatic, so that's for damn sure.
1: Yeah. So there'll be a lot more to talk about. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, um, you guys be good. I know we're gonna wrap it up. Um, just a lot of archery. We're half, like I said, more than halfway through the season, and man, we'll be talking about elk hunting here pretty soon. Um, oh yeah, and deer hunting and everything else as we wrap to get through this season. Um, you know, probably in the future here. I know I talked. I think I got a couple of manufacturers that want to come all on board and talk. So mm-hmm. I know we're going to have some guys come up and talk about manufacturing and things are getting better. Arrows are still impossible to get in the industry, um, but I think manufacturers are getting caught up. Um, we're seeing a lot of that right now. We're getting shorter, shorter lead times, which is good, which will help us tremendously. Other than that. You guys guys. get out and shoot your bows. We'll be talking with you here in in the near future, and um, rock on.